I was fully the, aware. The, the, the political I thought, I thought that too. Clay Williams. I thought that too. Yeah, no, uh, I know. Man, I just going to be swinging, swinging my dick face. around being like, I'm a socialist, God damn it. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's too centrist. It's too... Well, yeah. Goddamn moderates in my fucking government. God damn it. <laughs> hey, but then, hey, listen, if the movie's like, hey, some people are conservatives too. Like, don't you like that? Like, oh, O'Shea, I know you are the biggest O'Shea fan. I am so like no. you. He kind of like did. Well, it's so her. it's so funny to me that they're like, okay, best friend. Who do we get? Uh fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, Seth Rogen. We have Seth Rogen. He's our main character. Fuck, who's the best friend? It has to be someone kind of new, someone interesting. I got it. Ice Cube son. Nice. Oh, and you know what? Wait for this. You know, the guy, you know, that he's the son of the dude who said, fuck the police. <laughs> Republican. Yeah. I, this. You know. I hate that scene. We got it. We got it. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> it comes at the worst time in the movie, too. Yeah. And you're just kind of like resolving. Them. What? That's not the character's purpose. Like, everyone has been eager for your long shot takes frothing of the mouth for for what you have to say <laughs> long shot with your with your your biting commentary on a oh man the political vitriol is about to come out of my mouth i can get <laughs> a get a fire hose i know god we might need to record three backups because i might i might just blow the whole system through my just on point <laughs> precise robert de niro kind of like political commentary fuck them that's why the de niro meme like this one so funny <laughs> i think about that cnn clip with fucking what it was a brian seltler Selt- or whatever the fuck and if just him it's just like he's like fuck them and someone in the yeah. background's like hey and he's like sorry <laughs> It's like it's okay, it's cable, but it's Wait, just like why do you have there, to say that? Because fuck them. There was there was an interview I think um, at Cannes with the Killers of Flower Moon premiere, oh, and that's right. And that's right. and that's right. that's was right. like, "Fuck Trump," and Scorsese was like, "We're not talking about politics right now. This is a movie I am promoting, and I'm premiering at Cannes. We are not talking about Trump right now, De Niro. So, isn't it also like we all know what's the big issue here? Yeah. We all know what's wrong with yeah. the world right no. now. It's that yeah. orange fucker." no no no. and then he's like leading towards it it's like no bob no he's like yeah and those people in power with too much do i have to say it do Do i I have have to say it we all know who i'm talking about yeah it was trump these people who are used to be the president (laughs) what a what a king i I hope he stops having children but what a king (laughs) he's you're too old robert you're too old you, you, Al, and Mick Jagger, you're just, I don't know how it still works, to be honest. It's almost impressive. <laughs> I know. Actually, keep going. It's a little bit impressive. No, you know, no, no. Don't be going. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm okay. never, I've never like thought of, oh, like I'm in my life, I've never even thought of, man, that guy needs to get a vasectomy. Vasectomy. Wow, I can't say it. Vasectomy. Um, but now I got three, and that's Mick Jagger, Al Pacino, and Robert De Niro. Those are the lists. Those are the main dudes that need to get it. Who's episode. number four? Who's lucky number oh, four? Yeah, right. We'll see, I guess. I'm keeping the list open. Larry um, King, if he was it, still alive, he was on right. the list. <laughs> that's right. He died. He's yeah, one of he those did. dudes that I always forget he died because it's like, well, he'll never die. 
right right he's yeah. like a thousand he won't die mm-hmm. he'll yeah. he'll be like uh <laughs> well, richard nixon and futurama they'll put a head in <laughs> they'll put him at like his head in like a water case and he'll just still do you know he'll still be doing interviews with yeah. tyler the creator <laughs> Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Chloe Williams, here to smoke a Molly with me. <laughs> Who's Molly? That's always a good yeah. show. Yeah, that's good. That's always. good. It's good. Always. No Lauren. matter the comedy, yeah. no matter who's saying it, who, yeah. who's Molly? Always A plus material. A plus material. Can I the name of the drug offers that. Can I admit something embarrassing to you? Too? Absolutely. Please. It took Absolutely. me longer than it should have to realize that ecstasy and Molly are the same drug. <laughs> I was like 25 by the time I was like, oh, I... those are the same thing. <laughs> okay. So I'm 23. And I knew that, but I forget it literally after every time I learned it. So the moment I learn it, I forget it literally like five minutes later. In one ear and out the other. Yeah, yeah, seriously. (laughs) I think when I was introduced to that drug, it was just like that, like I was told by someone like, oh, by the way, that's the same thing. It's just like, oh, okay. And it's like, but I feel like if I didn't know that, then I would be totally like in your position also like i'm a little i'm a little bit older than you guys and so i kind of bridged the gap of when the terminology switched like everyone called it ecstasy and then everyone yeah, started calling it, it molly yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> and like i don't switch. hear it referred to as ecstasy either no it's, it's like, all oh, it's everyone always, just calls it molly now. like in yeah. movies no one calls it x anymore no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah or or um d is d like dmt is another where it's just like I just it's unheard of but similar to like ecstasy being called what it is but mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yeah this is above my pay grade i'll be honest yeah, right. um yeah i i do i do the i do you know i i i i smoke the devil's lettuce on occasion um but that's 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 my limit i don't it's not it's not even like whether i'm against it it's just one of those things where i'm just like i mean I don't, I don't know. I don't have those kind of friends who are like, you want to do some Molly? This is not the people <laughs> I hang out with. And more power to you if that's who you are. I'm not, this is not the, I just don't hang out yeah. with those people. So I would say like exiting pro drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Responsibly. If they're, sure. if they're legal. Nothing, don't, you know. Well, I mean, if they're illegal, that's, um, yeah. I don't know. If you're not driving and it's okay. Yeah. Cool. If you're with friends. Do not operate get, heavy you machinery. You get our permission. That is, that's my big thing. Don't operate yeah. heavy machinery. Never a good no, idea. Like heroin and meth, I think we're just like no on those. Yeah, probably not those. No, yeah, I like, mean. Those are. No, I'm crack. No, I think you're yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Um, the big three. The no, the big three yeah. that gets the no from my. Opioids? From, no, the okay. cool, cool, cool on it. Four. Cool on it. Four. Cool on it. Opioids, well, I mean, you know. heroin, meth, crack. It's a no from us. But everything else anyone who's I listening mean, it's it's fair i feel like this is a good way to start an episode about a <laughs> movie that stars seth rogan like going through right, what drugs right, right. we, we yeah, approve yeah, of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the spirit of yeah. what's yes, going on yes here. i agree yes yes i yes. feel like at some point if i'm seth rogan or any of those guys who are like you know on the cover of weed monthly or whatever that fucking <laughs> magazine was uh like who did stoner of the year what fucking magazine was that i don't remember um that was a real thing i'm not making that up um but at some point especially if that becomes a label when you're start when you start like when you're 
kind of young in the entertainment industry. At some point, I feel like I would be like, I don't smoke weed anymore. Stop asking me about it. Like, I, even if it's not thing true, is, though, like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. The thing is, though, like, Seth Rogen is very open about his yeah. smoking habits. He talks about it a lot. People always ask him about it. He does own a cannabis company now that's right. in Canada. And he started it actually right around the time that Longshot came out. So mm -hmm. he was doing oh, a lot of promotion for Houseplant around the time that Longshot came out. Um, but like he is very open about it and he basically now the line that he takes about it he is he's like yeah it helps me function like i get more things done when i'm stoned than when i'm not and he's like that's just my life like he i he i don't think has ever felt the need to pretend he doesn't smoke or like right. dispel mm -hmm. that kind of um I, stereotype it would just about get himself. so old at some point just the yeah. same like hey seth <laughs> you smoking any <laughs> weed lately yeah huh? yeah i huh? mean i i do think like you can kind of see in the roles that he chooses um particularly over the tens like you can see him kind of leaning away from this kind of stoner character in the characters that he plays mm -hmm. but as far as like his celebrity persona and in interviews and stuff or you know talking about his cannabis use in real life like he's just very <laughs> i don't know because he's he never seemed to get like, annoyed about it he's never embarrass himself is high he's only like embraced that persona to like an extent when he's just like that's himself he just like mm -hmm. he has an iconic likes. laugh because yeah. he smokes mm -hmm. weed mm -hmm. yeah and it's and it's mm -hmm. really cool like seth rogan's always been one of my favorite actors i mean that's not you look like, like an ingenious to oh yeah um but yeah and and uh like he's just like he's approaching his 40s now and like you know he's chilled out like has houseplant and like makes pottery and it's just like weed is like sort of like become a part of his persona and um you know uh, him and Charlize did one of those uh uh lie detector um right right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. and Charlize which are bullshit asked, by the way let me just say <laughs> that none of it makes sense I've they never do, understood it yes yes th th possibly but it's like the, the, the two of them they're are fun though fun they're together. very fun um, and Charlie's at one point asks him, are you high? And he's like, yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Can I say that yeah. one of the best parts of Longshot is, um, like one of the best throwaway jokes is when there's the, um, flashback scene to like the young version of Seth Rogen's character yes, yes. and the kid oh, actor tries to imitate so Seth funny. Rogen's laugh it's so, so fucking funny, funny and it makes me cracks me up every time who, I need the name of the casting <laughs> director and I need five Oscars to give him for whoever found that fucking kid that's insane yeah <laughs> that kid was born to play young Seth Rogen god yeah. damn it and we need a sitcom now Let's let's just like I know yeah let's do let young Seth Rogen with the young kid fuck young shot. Rock fuck young Sheldon <laughs> yeah, fuck right. all of those guys Seth Rogen you have the perfect yeah. guy I know and he's probably Canadian like who's willing to bet like he's probably where else do you find him I know I'm right. sorry where right. else do you find Seth Rogen lookalikes you don't find him in America I'll tell you that I've looked they're not there closest is me the closest is that's, that's, that's the closest you'll get um but yes today we have long shot 2019's uh political comedy common political comedy uh leah carlson johnny's back with us um happy to have you here and i'm um, so excited to be here again yeah. thank you for having me back so, oh of course and um yeah let's just get into like first exposures um because it's clay and i's first time 
Yes, right. Yeah. Um, I'm not as and... not, for my podcast listeners out there. I'm nodding vigorously. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's a visual medium. Everyone can Emphatic, see it. You're, emphatically, you're so... if you will, emphatically yeah. nodding. Mm-hmm. This is our first episode. Bear with us. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And I think for me, like it made sense why this just like, like it, it sort of like didn't get my priority because like this was like a big month like may 2019 was like book smart and avengers endgame and you know it was like had a bigger status than this one but it's still like solid as a rock comedy um other parts of it we'll get into but it's just it's <laughs> genuinely funny and for a time when studio comedies were at the lowest they could be um this was this was like just like well done with like with with like chemistry that is so natural and well-developed leads yeah yeah this is my first exposure i i got i got nothing i mean like <laughs> i knew it existed i knew yeah. it was counter-programming during the time i knew it kind of flopped i knew critics were kind of like it didn't do well mm-hmm. yeah that's that's something to say it's yeah. kind of been interesting we got mm-hmm. i think we got one here folks um mm-hmm. i mean it wasn't like something as like got like galvanizing as game night like people weren't like holy shit like some people were like oh that's actually pretty good Mm um i i can tell you that it made um it made 53 million on a 40 million budget yeah it flopped at the box office and then you double that for for promote Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it yeah. it was a, it was a flop but I, it's big like narrative what i heard is just like avengers endgame was just cleaning mm-hmm. up like yeah and yeah. it was really the failure its failure at the box office was really taken as more proof that like studio rom-coms are were kind of dead um and we've had a few since then but really the the narrative that was going on coming into Longshot's release and what's kind of continued after is that the rom-com renaissance of the late aughts and uh, or the late 10s and early 2020s has been on streamers and mm-hmm. it's really you know if you think about when Longshot came out it came out the same month as Always Be My Maybe on Netflix yes. and that was the rom-com from that month and that year that everyone kind of that audiences seem to mm-hmm. kind of respond to and rally around so mm-hmm. there was this and of course, the there Netflix was, push helped. That. Right. There, so there was a little bit of kind of a a narrative uh, after Longshot flopped um, where they were, it was kind of continuing this idea that like studio rom-coms, the mid-budget rom-com is not profitable if you release it mm-hmm. in theaters. Well, it's not um, even the rom of like the rom-com. It's, I mean, it is, but I think, so does anyone want to guess what big studio comedy came out two months later? there's no way you guess no way stuber oh shit you got it all right yeah um i also know you directed it that's that's Uh, it's true we did direct that we we were also like we ended up directing because we were i think on the conversation for the two leads and yes. then Kumail and Dave like graciously took over for yeah. us. And the thing is, when they when they cast it, they, they realized that. So as someone from the DMV, the right. district, district of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia, yeah. they needed someone else to replace that energy. And Dave Batista, a DC yes. native, yes. Um, and for Kumail, graciously part, accepted the role. Yeah, absolutely, the absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that those two movies back to back in that like summertime, like oh, comedies are kind of dead. 
But you also had Booksmart, which mm-hmm. was yes. did better. But it did better, but not great. That's true. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's true. Box office yeah. wise, it didn't do great. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I, like, no, I mean, that yeah, quality aside, it's like, yeah. the, oh, these just don't yeah. make money anymore. Yeah. We can't put these yeah. in theaters. Yeah. And, and of course, like the pandemic happens and comedies mm, right. are the it first to go. Fucking, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, Perfect I, storm of shit. <laughs> I did see Longshot in the theater. Um, <laughs> Because I feel like I'm going to just totally um, uh, blow up my credibility here. But I should say at the top of this episode, uh, just, you know, state my biases. Seth Rogen is one of my longest standing celebrity crushes. So, like, I did not need to be convinced that he could be, you know, um, a good romantic. Like, how far back does this crush go? Like, freaks and Um, geeks? Like yeah donnie darko <laughs> like who's the okay yeah stuff aside jake john hall like who's i like, would say like, um so i saw wait are you, a, an, are you were you an undeclared fan uh, well yes but not when it was on i'm not that old <laughs> so i saw like i was obviously peripherally aware of seth rogan and whatever and i saw this is the end in 2013 wow i loved it um that's one of my favorite comedies of the tens um and so after i watched after i watched that movie i was like why am i feeling this way about seth rogan and i watched all of his old stuff i watched freaks and geeks that's when i watched it i watched undeclared at that point i watched knocked up i watched um the 40 year old virgin i watched pineapple express (laughs) (laughs) so so this is like you know we're talking a, a good decade um yeah That's and awesome. and the most unlikely of films to kick it off because yes, he is right. not yeah. doing anything he's not doing anything he's not doing anything special right right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um i mean he's yeah. literally playing seth rogan like yes so. yes i and that's one of the reasons i love that movie is i love i'm mm-hmm. fascinated with actors playing themselves and that's a whole movie of actors yeah. playing themselves yeah. um in an in a, in a fascinating way um yeah. but yeah i remember so that, i remember it's like at the time so this is the end was like the movie where it's like you can't see this like i was like it's like i was like 13 when it came out and <laughs> i was like you like the, it's so raunchy and yeah. like i remember like of course i'm gonna see it anyway and like you know cheney tatum as the gimp like killed uh-huh. me every time oh yeah, <laughs> and, yeah oh yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm sure someone will choose that uh someday but yeah um, yeah so that that's that was the beginning of my my seth rogan journey um mm-hmm. but uh I liked hearing you say that you like Seth Rogen as an actor and that you are, he's one of your favorite actors because I think he's very underrated as an actor. I think he doesn't get enough credit for mm-hmm. what he does on screen um, because he is a multi-hyphenate, you know? He writes, he directs, he produces. Produces. Um, and he also has never seemed to be in any, you know, in any big hurry to prove to people that he's like a serious actor, you know? He's never kind of mm-hmm. done the Jonah Hill turn. Um, but I think he's a very compelling screen presence and I think he's a better actor than people give him credit for. Um, and, and, and I see it in this film too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And and when you saw it in theaters also, like you enjoyed it plenty. I did. And Um, it was like, I was like me, I was the only person in the theater. I think (laughs) I went to see it like uh, in the middle of the day and it was just me and I was smiling like an idiot. I was like, that was (laughs) was like me and my mom with blockers. Like we went to go to blockers and literally no one was in the theater and I was just kicking my feet up on the rail, just (laughs) having a grand old time. Yeah. I mean, I really liked it. I really liked long shot the first time I saw it because 
the thing with rom-coms is they have to be two things they have to be funny and they have to be romantic and be romantic. so right. so many rom-coms from the 2010s like miss one or the other and like yeah. i was looking through the films most of them aren't covered. funny right i yeah. i was looking through the films that you guys have covered on this podcast and out of 205 films not counting <laughs> this one three of them count as rom-coms like i think mm. the 2010s were such a dry spell do you remember the three um there's obvious child sleeping with other people and what was the other one and well, when it, the, and bridesmaids i think yeah right right well, are, what yeah, about the seth are... the seth rogan movie we covered as the, the most recently i don't know if that counts as a rom-com yeah take this waltz is something more but i just don't know quite like what well, how would you guys like i don't i don't know i wouldn't think of this I would, I, I bought it up, but I don't, I don't have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, yeah. And I think um, that that's what happened in the 2010s is a lot of these more like romantic films that were not necessarily like tragic or, you know, super right. sad or kind of categorized as rom-coms, but they're really like rom-droms or rom-droms. Yeah. Like even enough said, I love that movie. I don't know if I would categorize it as a rom-com sometimes it gets categorized as one yeah um, that's what happens with all of nicole hobsonner movies where it's like <laughs> they're romantic comedies but also they're like not necessarily that romantic they're more mm -hmm. comedies and but a it's lot just of and a lot of the like so-called rom-coms from the 2010s too, I think, as you said, Clay, they're not that funny and they're often working against sort of rom-com tropes so i think a film that was really really influential on the quote-unquote rom-coms of the 2010s is something like 500 days of summer you have like the rise of the yes. anti-rom-com and that was these just movies. before 2009 right yeah. so you have all these yeah. movies that are kind of working against what you would expect a rom-com to be and something that you've covered that i think fits this really well is something like ruby sparks mm -hmm. um yes but you don't get a lot of those just like classic rom-coms that deliver what you want from a rom-com and long and shot does and that's why i loved it <laughs> and right. continue to love it yeah and it's funny we mentioned bridesmaids earlier because i never remember that fucking romance in that movie i i couldn't i know was it chris o'dowd it's is chris that the O'Dowd, guy? who i yeah, like i don't fucking care but you're but you're right that's not the main again i think bridesmaids almost counts as sort of an anti-rom-com because it's more about the relationship between um Kristen Wiig's really character and her best down. friend right you know right. yeah it's a female even, it's like a female like yeah right and even like my my real off is marrying Tim Heidecker but that's not even like the romantic comedy yeah. portion it's like very much like avoiding yeah. any sort of romance yeah yes yeah. yes yeah. yeah um so I think that's part of why Longshot hit me so hard is that it with in the romantic comedy aspects it hits every box that i wanted um and every box that i want in a rom-com mm -hmm. and like we just we're not getting solid rom-coms in the 2010s <laughs> and yeah, still aren't absolutely. i would venture to say <laughs> then there's such a hunger for them too yeah. and um and that's in that and you bring up something like sleeping with other people and that's what leslie headland succeeded at and tried to accomplish that she's like i i have this idea and i see what isn't out there and and it's like it makes sense why there's not more of that but then once you see it um once you see it fully realized you're just like oh yeah right this still can happen um, and it 
I think it's very telling that Jack, do you know what Leslie Headland is or Headland is currently working on right now? Is it still Star Wars? Yes. I mean, I think it's done, but that's I mean, I think it's like filmed or whatever, but yeah, I mean right. that's like right. but that's so right. <laughs> like a rom com is like, you know, I mean, and it the I, from all accounts, the show sounds like the Star Wars show sounds interesting. It's not like a fucking like you know, where did Han Solo's sperm come from? Um, um, it's like, I, I think it seems somewhat interesting, but that's the point. But like, it's, they're all, they don't make rom, like the people who actually can make rom-coms aren't making rom-coms. What the yeah. fuck's Jenny Slater doing? Like, I mean, no, and I don't mean that in a, like a personal way, but it's just like, I mean, she's great, but what, Big Mouth or she's done with that. And she's like, I don't know, like doing, was it plays or whatever? I, I don't know. Like in like an animated movie, like no one's, it's gone. I mean, really. The rom-coms it, it, that are getting made, I described them. I've seen them described. I can't remember who it, it was that I saw who tweeted this. I'm going to have to look it up. But um, mm. she called them zombie comms. And that's what they are. Like so many of these rom-coms that we get on, mostly on the rival. streamers, yeah they're just mm. there's no spark between the leads the right. the humor isn't sharp mm -hmm. it's like trying to revive something that's dead like a zombie instead of kind of figuring out what yeah. is like the newest version of a rom-com for today and that's you know one of the things i also like about long shot i mean in form it is very much a, a classic rom-com but one of the things that it, it does that that I like is that there is a lot of kind of play with gender roles, right? And mm -hmm. so um, the critic Allison Wilmore, when she was still at BuzzFeed, she wrote about Always Be My Maybe and Longshot kind of together um, in one piece. And she wrote about them both as being about the fantasy of men who support women's careers. Like that's kind of what, you know, the modern strong woman wants is she wants a man who will support whatever she's doing and not have a problem with her having more power than him. Um, and so she wrote about mm -hmm. both of these films as kind of engaging with that. Um, she writes about it like they're doing the same thing. I don't think they are actually, <laughs> but I, do I haven't think seen I haven't seen Always Be My Maybe. I haven't um, seen it. But I do think that they yeah, are I might, yeah, both. Neither have I. Yeah. yeah, but I do think that they are both kind of playing with this fantasy because rom-coms are about fantasy a lot mm. of romances are about fantasy um mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah that's but one of the it's things certainly that I like modern fantasy yeah and that's mm -hmm. interesting yeah yeah well yeah i also and plenty of other smarter people than i have said this before and it's not a new thought i mean the decline you could match the decline of rom-coms with the decline of actually of actual movie stars mm -hmm. um it's mm -hmm. a pretty it's and of course like a pretty like ma it matches pretty well that line mm -hmm. <clears throat> because in the 2010s are is where we see this we, it's where we see the start of like where they see them evaporate and the pandemic certainly kills that too mm -hmm. well and because you need charismatic leads who are charismatic in their own right mm -hmm. but then also have good comedic and romantic chemistry to make a rom-com work and that's the other, that's the major strength of Longshot, in, in my opinion. I think that Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron are so 
fantastic together. Um, and I love Charlize Theron's individual performance. Like, I think this is one of my favorite performances of hers because we don't- She's insanely get... good in it. Yeah, we don't often get to see her be funny. Mm. I mean, I think the funniest thing she's done other than this is maybe like young adult. Press tours, no. Yeah, and press tours. And that's that's the, it's, yeah. that's the and story that's, that and she's young about the casting. Thing. Yeah, young adult is a lot darker, but that's the story that Charlize Theron yeah. mm -hmm. told about her getting, her casting in Longshot. Um, well, and Seth Rogen too, that he saw her like um, on uh, talk shows and on press tours and whatever, and he he saw how she, how funny she is in in real life, and so he because um, he was a producer on this film as well, mm -hmm. and um, so he kind of courted her. He was like, "We want you for this film. Like, right. you've never done a rom com before. I know you don't don't normally do comedies, but but we I want you for this film," um, and. Uh, so, and it's an inspired choice. I think she's so fantastic in this film and just mm. impeccable comedic timing. Um, but she also has that sort of elegance and gravitas that you would expect the Secretary of State to have, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I love her. So, yeah, I mean, she's incredible. Um, and the, it, it's funny, though, when we're talking about, like, why don't people go to rom-coms anymore? And it's like the idea of, in my point to early about movie movies uh like the decline of movie stars is I, I feel like people forget that most of the romantic comedies that were successful at the height uh were garbage they weren't good particularly like i mean I, garbage is me being very mean um they weren't critical darlings there wasn't this crazy word of mouth with a lot of them they were just movies that kind of just worked in their own realm um, but the reason you got people went to go actually see them is they saw, oh, it's X person with X person. Yeah, it's and, Tom and, Hanks and Meg Ryan or, mm -hmm. you know, Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts or Richard yeah. Gere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so does anyone want to guess what the last real success of the last few five, like all, the last like five fucking years of romantic comedy was in theaters? The last real in success? Theaters. Last well, I know Crazy was, Rich Asians was a really big one, but also true. wasn't also wasn't yeah. the one with Julia Roberts and George Clooney pretty successful? Yes. It was terrible, yes. but it made money. <laughs> Tickets yeah. to Paradise made 160 worldwide on a 60 mil budget. Domestically, it does 60, which isn't great. Um, but and it does even better on streaming. Exactly. Probably. Yeah. So the people, so the, and with Crazy Rich Asians, that's more of like more cult, like, cult, like a culture mm -hmm. thing, um, mm -hmm. like a, People, I mean, they see the trailers, um, they have, it's like, it has this very much this promising of, oh, actual, like a movie with actual like Asian representation. And it was that is set in Asia. Right, yeah. of course. Um, with this, but it just shows you that the only way a rom-com can actually be successful in theaters is anymore is you get the prior generation movie stars. Mm -hmm. that's the only way and how long did you did it take you guys to figure that like to think of tickets to paradise it has no cultural footstone yes it yeah. doesn't exist and it made 160 million dollars worldwide that used to just happen yeah. in rom-coms they used to just come out not exist and make a ton of money because of the two leads and now the only way that happens is if you get two leads from fucking 20 years ago mm -hmm. and and I, i'm guessing a lot of those people um fucking you know a lot of the people who saw that uh were the prior generation who were seeing those seeing those movies uh when they were come like when they were at its height 
like yeah or people who have nostalgia for julia roberts and george clooney so it's that to me really just shows how it's purely based on movie stardom at this point it's not the quality quality has never been like a it's not like rom-coms have significantly gotten worse i mean mm-hmm. they've been less interesting they've mm-hmm. been um had less like possess like a, a lot less uh heat almost mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot less energy it's like they're like you know we talked about zombie zombie comms like they're just dead on arrival it's just mm-hmm. a fucking mm-hmm. wet fart of a film mm-hmm. um like that one with ashton kusher and reese witherspoon like yeah that i don't even know what you're talking point. about it was on netflix um, yeah sure and it was written by chat gpt um it was so bad but what's even weirder is like ticket to paradise is now going to be an anomaly because mm-hmm. it's not like this is going to like kick off like a series of like late period roberts clooney mm-hmm. no, richard gear isn't like, kind of come back and save right. the wrong <laughs> genre. like like right. this was sort of like how cool would it be to for old parker to like direct clooney and roberts in something that we know that they can thrive in and it was but bad it, and it was no bad. one really liked it and both of them are like loosely not working that much anymore. Like they're yeah. not going to be doing this just because it was successful. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, there, it's funny though, because there have been some kind of attempts to like revive this sort of, you know, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks idea of like, we've got a pairing that works really well together. Let's keep putting them together. Um, but none of them really take off. Cause I know, you know, when set it up came out on Netflix, everyone loved Zoe Deutsch and Glenn right. Powell together and yeah, everyone's been calling for this. them yeah. to These like- These don't exist. These movies don't exist. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I didn't really like set it up <laughs> either, but um, like, I feel like people have been kind of trying to get to get some of these pairings going and there's just like no traction and honestly i would love to see like seth rogan and charlize theron do another rom-com they're so cute in this movie like make them a pair i can see it <laughs> yeah well and also like i don't know like and even if one does come out and it's successful like that there it just like there's just so many movies on streamers now it just mm-hmm. it doesn't have that well and that it's, it's stake that people can yeah. really and have that can mem- remember it like i like last year i really liked i want you back like hmm. jenny slay charlie day like really charming well done it just and it's just like nothing like it yeah. just well, like and it just is on, it's on Prime. Yeah. When things go to streaming, it's like successful by what metric? We have no right. idea. Right. <laughs> it's like, what right. is that? Yeah. To me, yeah. it's. We don't have like box office it, numbers. Right. And when it comes to rom coms and to, because of how much of a mainstream, like, I don't want to say product, um, they are made for, they're four quadrant fucking movies. Like, these are not movies that are made for a niche audience. Like, a real rom-com or a real studio rom-com is trying to reach pretty much everybody who will even have who has ears or eyes mm-hmm. um obviously they're not gonna you know maybe not like 13 year old boys but you but like these are for like every kind of couple mm-hmm. or um every kind of uh you know every kind of viewer that's above the age of like mm-hmm. 22 i think the issue is or like the way i the way i measure what how successful is a rom-com um, I'm gonna like fucking or I'm gonna hear it from uh, Joe from work or whatever and that's not a real person but that kind of like I have to the, it's the only way I know if any of this fucking works is if I hear it from someone who's not like has a broken brain like us and watches everything um, yeah. and I and I just don't hear and the only movies that have taken that place 
And the thing is, and it, to go back, funny enough, to go back on that um, four quadrant thing I was talking about and like over the age of 22 is the only thing that has kind of taken that place is these teen teen romantic comedies mm-hmm. that um, you have, um, uh, what's it, uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before mm-hmm. um, yeah, and Edge of Seven. Edge of Seventeen, and then Netflix makes like oh, like literally twenty thousand of these movies, yeah. right? All yeah. of them, yeah. and that's what replaced them. And right. but the thing is, the same people weren't watching. Like, I mean, maybe I guess, but yeah. it still is a completely catered to a completely different audience in a completely different uh like realm and mm-hmm. and like formula. And they're no none of them are really movie stars. Besides, like Haley Steinfeld, mm-hmm. um, like Joey King doesn't become a movie star before uh fucking kissing booth she becomes it because of it i mean she was disney i know but Mm -hmm. still um i yeah so that's always like super like fascinating to me the idea of what because it does create there is a vacuum those things Mm -hmm. don't go away something Mm -hmm. just replaces it Mm -hmm. yeah Charlotte, I would like to endorse you to be the next president of the united states oh my god you've been a great secretary state which state again all of them is the secretary of state looking at us i kind of know her it's like kind of knowing a mermaid do you tell people that she probably doesn't remember who i am secretary field would like to speak with you with me i can't shake this feeling that we know each other we do we do picture me i guess maybe like 20 years younger but like this Blarsky? Yeah! What are you doing these days? I'm a journalist. You're a great writer. But sometimes you're a little too much. I don't think I am too much. I actually think I'm the perfect right portion. It's really nice to see you again. Okay! Crack it down! I'm okay! Do boys and men just call me a cracker? What is the relationship exactly? It's to babysit for him. You babysat for him? Wow, time has not been kind. I need some writers to punch up my speeches. Fred's writing is really good, and he knows me. Oh, I feel so scared. In order to write better for you, I should kind of get to know you better if you have a minute. I actually have seven. Seven minutes in heaven. (laughs) What is your favorite book as a kid? The Velveteen Rabbit. Favorite song? Must have been Love by Roxette. Most embarrassing moment. I don't embarrass that easily. I don't either, really. What's your favorite sexual position? Normal? (laughs) Front-facing normal? What kind of question is that? That's all it took. Look at you. What's your favorite sexual position? Don't be gross, Frank. Do you like date? I mean, who wants to follow me around the world and hope I have five minutes to be affectionate? Yeah. We did almost just die. We actually did almost die. We need to move you. Thank you, Agent M. It's Pretty Woman, but she's Richard Gere and you're Julia Roberts. Honestly, this has been the best few weeks of my entire life. We asked a thousand constituents how they would feel if Kate Middleton, I see where you're going with this, were to start dating Danny DeVito. Pretty negative reaction. The last time you got high was at a Sing Doctor's concert. We had a situation. Huh? I'm in so much trouble. What's happened? Are they out of water? Wow, he's so bendy, huh? Oh, ouch. Yeah. Well, and that's the interesting thing about like long shots marketing and what they were kind of like, you know, the stars and and the the marketing team was kind of trying to position long shot as 
two things simultaneously, like one sort of a return to that sort of star driven rom-com, because I think you could make the case that Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron are movie stars, not Julia level, not kind of Julia Roberts level, but they are. You know, there's only been three people that have made that jump from TV to film. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Two, because Jennifer Aniston doesn't count. Um, And... uh, so Just they because were you're trying, in movies doesn't mean you're a movie star. Right. They were kind of trying to pitch it as like a return to that sort of template of like you get two stars that people like, put them together in this rom-com, you know, see what happens. And also a rom-com for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is rated R. It is a raunchy rom-com. Mm-hmm. This is a Seth Rogen joint. Like, he, you know, he comes on his own face in this movie. Like, right. Yeah. And um, we all watch it. Yeah. Five stars. <laughs> It's and I guess to, to me, like kids can watch this. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like, so it was kind of positioned as like um, a, a rom-com about adults for adults. Um, and yeah, and they were trying to push it as kind of like a star-driven uh, rom-com, which I don't know that that necessarily worked because I don't think the average person like thinks about Seth Rogen as a movie star, even though he's had lots of box office yeah. success. Well, um, and the pairing is an odd couple, obviously, but right. and that has worked in the past. But that's not going to be the movie that brings back the right. romantic. And no, romantic the comedy. thing is, so <laughs> the whole a lot of Seth Rogen's press for this movie in particular seemed seemed deliberately calibrated to kind of obliquely address the knocked up backlash. Because mm-hmm. Seth Rogen right. like became a movie star with Knocked Up. It was huge. And it is a rom-com of sorts. Um, but there was, mm-hmm. you know. But it's an Apatow Rogen joint at it like is, yeah. first, and, then and, rom-com. Yeah, right. Yeah. But he is the romantic lead. And absolutely. It didn't necessarily like it didn't go over that well necessarily, like after like the movie was successful and whatnot. It was a big box office hit but started their careers basically i feel like apatow and rogan like they don't they're not there they're not where they are now without that from what like 40 year old virgin like lay the ground absolutely this right right but i but but after this film seth rogan doesn't really play too many romantic leads and it's you know no it's pineapple express to the end you know Catherine heigl made her comments at the time about how she felt like knocked up was a little bit sexist and what she had said was that the movie makes all the female characters into shrews which it kind of does i mean i like the movie but it kind of does yeah Yeah, and so this kind of started a fight between her and judd apatow it was like a whole feud it was kind of part of what started this narrative that Catherine heigl was difficult to work with and whatnot And somehow this kind of got turned into in the sort of public discourse that Knocked Up was sexist because Katherine Heigl was too hot to be with Seth Rogen. It's like what it turned into. And so like, it's very interesting how much of the press for Longshot is Seth Rogen trying to prove that he's hot enough to be with Charlize Theron. And you get the GQ photo shoot. Do you guys remember that? from 2019 so he does this cover shoot for GQ and um he's like the thinnest I've ever seen him and they have him like styled immaculately and they're like kind of presenting oh wow yeah and after this after this um photo shoot came out like the reaction on Twitter was like 
oh my mm. god is seth rogan hot I'm i like, remember this now. yeah he's seth always rogan. been hot yeah. like get over it yeah. <laughs> but like there well, were th- there were a few things like this where he was trying yeah. to present himself in a new way to be like i can be a romantic like a new movie. image I, like, yes yeah. yes yes and yeah, you know yeah, since yeah, yeah, long shot yeah. he's done more of these i mean he played the other woman in the fablemans you know like he's, he's right right yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's kind of returned to his romantic lead roots which i love because i think that's what he's best at yeah um and, it's, it's that and he's kind of like sl- PR. yeah 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 you're right and it kind of like he's slowing down from acting like he's sort of like listen i'm here to like remind you like i'm in my late 30s now but i'm like taking on like i've lost the weight you know like i've been like less schlubby uh but he's but it's like long shot tries to like eat his cake to and eat it too or it's like i can be like the dorky schlebby neurotic character mm-hmm. uh then again i get i get the secretary of state and it's like i'm the charismatic romantic lead and it's, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's yeah this movie is for sure like i don't know it's definitely not the end of this thing of the schlub and the hot in the you know the hot one um and i'm not and and i don't and i'm saying that not necessarily because i think rogan's a schlub but that the that 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 uh pairing that you know and that's format, the type that he that template sort of slotted into yeah and especially in this movie where they make legit like a thousand different jokes about him being the schlub mm-hmm. um they have a whole bit where he, you know shows powerpoints of her like you know her being amazing and he's the schlub um with like danny devito and what princess die um guy fieri, fieri. Yeah. Guy guy fieri. fieri and <laughs> like they, they like that that that's kind of the issue to me is like it i or not issue but i can't really take you seriously if you think that you're actually progressing Capital beyond turn. that when you're still like i mean yeah we're kind of woke. like we're woke i guess like you know he's not like a super schlub but he's still a schlub um <laughs> i and that's super being, schlub is his superhero name right exactly <laughs> and 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 that and i'm being uh i'm being kind of uh redu- not redundant uh little, reductive reductive yes um i'm being super reductive with that um but what i'm but the idea with the knocked up thing is i think it's one of those i feel like people were pushing back at the end of not necessarily that one but of what it quote-unquote started 100 percent the the um kevin james the vince vaughn's and all of them getting literally the hottest people to ever live um and like the, the amount of difference thing of course absolutely right. um I, w- w- I think heigl is actually funny enough older than rogan she's older seth rogan was yeah like oh, okay. in that film uh, right but it yeah. becomes that because yeah. it's like okay they're hotter okay now they're right. younger and it's it's like to be fair knocked up is one of the least like it's like the least offender when it comes to a lot of this with a lot of these templates but it was what it starts so to speak and you could argue it does not that it did not start that at other movies before then started i think it, it but, became a flashpoint for this discussion right like this wider discussion and, for sure and i think that's when the and the that, that template of rom-com was started and then you're like okay kevin james and eva mendez like what what the fuck are we doing here <laughs> and yeah and I'm not saying those movies shouldn't exist, but I think it's the issue is when it's all of them that people start kind of raising their eyebrow and like, interesting, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Um, so that's my take with that whole 
he doesn't deserve to be re- be held responsible for the entire industry turning into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just happened to be a, like there, and when it happened, it's also one of those things where you're just like, yeah, take your lumps. I don't know. It happened. You don't have to be thrilled about it, but I don't pretend it didn't happen. Like, just acknowledge it. You can have a well-rounded conversation and a well, you know, have some good self-awareness about what that started and what you look like. And I mean, I'm not saying you have to say, yeah, I agree, everyone. I'm not hot. Um, But I think it's one of those things where you just look at a big picture view and you're kind of like, yeah, okay, I see what happened after what I, you know, after that role and after and but what the the industry uh, precedent was um so i in in that was the a lot of people with this movie i think i saw a lot of fatigue with that template being brought up mm-hmm. with oh rogan and one of the hottest women on the planet again mm-hmm. yeah fine and 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 it's the issue is when you go back to that well too many times especially mm-hmm. in 2019 when everyone's kind of re- like everyone's almost in unison is like not over that shit Mm -hmm. um so i think that is that's the issue there um i I obviously don't think it's like a deal breaker and i it's one of those in this film i think justifies a lot of that those ideas in the sense of he is genuinely charming he treat like in you know and you could argue it's the nice guy nice guy narrative agenda or whatever like how it's like all you know in this era of pseudo comedies the nice guy always wins (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, but the nice guy actually just wants to get in her pants. Um, but <laughs> this obviously is taking a more very sensitive route, whether that succeeds mm-hmm. or not, your mileage may vary. Yeah. Um, and also like, I, I, it's intriguing how it will, um, excuse the age. Di- I mean, there's not that big of an age difference with Charlie's and no, Seth. I mean, yeah, it's Charlie's like six, like, yeah. six or seven years, I think, but um, you know, it's like the fact that they do like the childhood friends thing and mm-hmm. like they, she was the babysitter. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like that, that at least is like they actually gave it thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think what works about this film is, I mean, the the sort of political aspect aside, which we will get to, I think that mm-hmm. this is a great script. I think it's written very well. I think it's really mm-hmm. funny. And I yeah. think that the scenes that um charlotte uh charlize theron's character and fred seth rogan's character Mm -hmm. share are really well written like you can understand why they would kind of gravitate toward each other towards each other like obviously Mm -hmm. he is interested in her because she's powerful and successful and she looks like charlize theron but you Mm -hmm. see that she would be interested in him because he kind of sees her in a way that the other people in her life don't anymore and like he makes her laugh and he's charming Mm -hmm. and he's you know um there's there is there is a spark there and there's a the way that they you know the way that they write this romance works really well and i think the the middle section of this movie from when Fred starts asking Charlotte questions so he can get to know her better, to write her speeches better, all the way through the uh, hostage negotiation scene on Molly. That whole section of the film, I think, is about as perfect as you can get. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that section where they're yeah. kind of falling in love with each other, it's perfect. <laughs> and like you, it, to my mind, like I see, 
I see why they go for each other. It's kind of like, obviously the two actors have good chemistry, but also it's in the script. Like you understand kind of why they gravitate toward each other. And of course Mm -hmm. it's in like a heightened rom-com way. Um, But- And something that I thought of is like, it's not like Charlotte has another guy that Rogan or that uh, Fred has to like, sorry like dance around to right. avoid right like like i think a will they won't they would have really tanked the film but yes it I also avoids a lot of those really annoying rom-com traps yes yes yeah. which i mean like something that does like bug me sometimes that people like it's like formulaic it's like guys there's only so much you can do with a rom-com it's like it doesn't <laughs> matter like if it's well done it's well done but like yeah you can only rearrange you can only skin a cat you know but i want right, to mention it's a genre um, like you have to hit the genre yeah, beats for it yes, to be a exactly. rom-com so there's gonna be yeah. some it's just a lie it's always in it right yeah. it my um, issue is with yeah. most rom-coms is the lie it's always mm-hmm. the lie like mm-hmm. the they, thing they're that's they're like you could have kept yes mm-hmm. yeah. it's also well, it's like one of those things like oh my god you lied to me oh my god that well, breaks your entire relationships as well like that could have been communicated probably a little better and i like that this movie doesn't do that that's that's my thing yeah, that's what yeah, that's why yeah, i yeah it's super yeah. more enjoyable but jack i interrupted like he, you cool. he didn't hide that he was fired or something like that yeah, yeah. right um, i i should we should mention that the film was written by dan sterling who has credits on the daily show king of the hill the office um south park uh another seth rogan comedy also um called the interview does this sound familiar to anyone yes. here quite quite important to the 2010s uh wow. film oh, culture half of the, but oof. uh yes yeah yep yep that's but a also, mixed track uh, record Yikes. yeah uh they hate us because they hate us <laughs> literally um but this was also written by liz hannah who of course had screenwriting debut or like a breakout with the post um yeah she and does a lot dramas. of dramas yeah right strong yeah which mm-hmm. is interesting and like has is noted for a lot of the comedic punch-ups with with this uh it makes so much sense a daily show writer wrote this That's so <laughs> and not and not to i i like some of the daily show stuff but it's one of those things where you're just like a fucking of course All yeah right, and i think this was also obama era written in and then absolutely up for 2019 mm-hmm. and it's like yeah Oof. yeah I mean, my main com- my main criticism of this film is the way its political satire totally misses the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly like you said, Jack. It seems like it was written during the Obama administration, and then they tried to make it sort of more relevant to sort of the Trump era mm-hmm. American political landscape. But they, it's so surface level. And I think what drives me nuts about it is that they make these gestures like they're going to connect it to like the 2019 kind of American political Mm -hmm. reality. So they have the president played by Bob Odenkirk, who is a TV star. He played the president on TV and then he got elected, Um, which that rings Trump bells. I mean, you have the movie begins with Seth Rogen infiltrating this neo-Nazi group um, for some investigative journalism. I tweet, I tweet all the time. I'm online yeah. every day. I mean, you have Charlotte Field herself is a little bit Hillary Clinton coded because she's the secretary of state and she's running for president. And if she wins, mm-hmm. she'll be the first female president. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There are comments about, you know, the reality of being a female politician. Um, but then there is just this total lack of commitment, right? Like, 
by the end of the film, there's this half-assed, wishy-washy, oh, actually, political compromise is important message that feels shoehorned in, that I hate, and has nothing to do with the actual like plot of the of the film, right? Because I think they make the screenwriters make this gesture, like they are trying to sort of equate the necessity of compromise in romantic relationships, because that's something that with a romance in general, but rom-coms too, there's always like conflict, right? And then to get past the conflict, both parties have to make some concession. There has to be some gesture on both parts that they both change so that we know something's changed enough that this relationship can work, right? But I also, that doesn't, I'm sorry, yeah. So the film tries to sort of conflate that rom-com trope with like, or that romance trope with like, we need, you know, compromise in politics too. I think it doesn't work whatsoever. And it's stupid because Seth Rogen's character, Fred, doesn't actually compromise anything. Thank you. That was exactly my point. So they make this weird gesture like they're going to tie these two types of compromise together in some thematic little package with a bow and it doesn't even track like it doesn't work it's all it i you just have this terrible terrible scene where Seth Rogen's best friend or where Fred's best friend played by O'Shea Jackson Jr mm-hmm. and it's a crime that he's in this role Beautiful um, performance though he's amazing oh, in this yeah, movie I yeah. I love him he's uh, so can, funny can anyone fill refill the Pomplamous Lacroix yeah <laughs> Johnny Walker Blue and CBD oil. <laughs> um, like he's those great. are everyone's bagels, Tom. Everyone, yeah, everyone's. he's great. But there's this conflict between. Actually, you know what? Everyone, take a day off. <laughs> there's this conflict between uh, Charlotte and Fred throughout the whole film, where Charlotte is constantly making compromises in as part of her political career, and she says, you know, she's trying to get this environmental initiative passed. It's called the Bees, Trees, and the Seas, and she keeps having to drop things. So first she drops the seas, then she's forced to drop the trees, and she's like, well, I'm doing what I can. And Fred is a supposedly leftist journalist, and he is getting, he's very ideologically, um, What's it called? The Brooklyn Advocate? Is yeah, the Brooklyn Advocate. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very kind of, um, he has strong ideological beliefs and he yeah. just thinks that she like, should be calling his writing aggressive and yeah. angry. It's like, they never like go into specifics. And, like, I know. Yeah. But he keeps telling her like, why are you compromising? Like, you can't do that. You're not going to, you know, like, I don't want to work for someone who's selling out. Basically, like, you're not going to get anything done if you water down everything that you propose and so there's this kind of conflict so when the point comes where she you know decides when they decide they can't be together you know um there's this point where it's kind of like O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character is trying to tell Fred like well you need to compromise with her you need to be more flexible you need to see where she's coming from on making these compromises on these policies and O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character he's like reveals that he's a Republican. And this- It only sounds worse when you say it out loud. I know, that's horrible. Then you hear it and you're like, oh, that's even worse. And this scene like (laughs) makes no sense because they're, it makes no sense because they're supposedly best friends. So like, it makes no sense. And the jokes- This would come up. And 
the jokes aren't funny enough to justify it, right? I mean, right. it's not this the the scene isn't funny enough to justify this. There is that scene when um they're leaving the office and um Oshi and uh, Lance was like, "Yeah, you know, I worked hard. I didn't get any handouts. I pulled it from yeah, pulled my boots." And then yeah. and then I'm um, just like ah, that's a little on the nose. And then cut to like the third act. And it's like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. And, he, and Rogan's like, I remember that line. Literally, yeah, that, like yeah that's, that's what he right. says. He's like, hold right. up, bootstraps, stuff that was Republican shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so, but the, the, the scene isn't funny enough to And then he reveals he's a Christian. He's like, I'm praying for you, brother. Like, <laughs> the scene, like, like the scene isn't funny enough to justify it. And then, like I was saying, like I was saying, in the end, it's really... Charlotte is the one who says, no, actually, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to be with who I want to be with. I'm not going to bow down mm -hmm. to um, this media mogul, um, Wembley, played by Andy Serkis. Played by Andy Serkis. He's yeah, very which, um, yeah. Rupert Murdoch coded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she's the really? one who kind of... He thinks... Wait, 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 wait. Are you sure he is Rupert Murdoch? <laughs> are we sure about this? Like, like, uh, uh, I mean, are, are, like, I don't know. Too much know. of a like, jump. Sorry. I know the politics is getting us a little riled up, but like... Uh, and so she she ends up kind of coming around to Fred's point of view and like ends up realizing like no I shouldn't compromise and she wins the presidency and there's this like yeah. it's again it's like a fantasy yeah. because in no real world would she win after you know this video oh with come on his face guy yeah, yeah. no she's not winning um, that one yeah. no so and again it would be totally fine if they wanted to kind of commit to this fantasy but then why have this interlude of like oh we need to compromise because this is the real world when the film does not take place in the real world. <laughs> like, it's just, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you that, was a, that was a rant. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no, no, no. That was great. That was it. awesome. So, when it comes to this fucking movie, um, and again, <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked it. The right. thing is, yeah. I forgive it because it made me laugh and I was charmed. Yeah. That's really what you need in a romantic comedy. Exactly. Um, yeah. My two main, you know, one it was romantic main, and it was and it was funny. Yeah. My my main criticism, besides the politics stuff, is it, it's a bit too long. Two hours? No, no, thank you. No, I was no, gonna no, bring no. that up too. Yes. No, like you can no, start no to feel comedy. The hour and forty, and you're good. Um, yeah. Whatever. It. it I, I. It's not. I, I think the ending goes on a little too long as well. Um, it drags at by the third act, which is yeah. what most of these movies do. Um, yeah. so but I, it's time I, for, to get back in America it kind of like yada yada is a little yeah bit. when they're when they get apart for like 20 mm -hmm. minutes I'm like I'm out yeah. of it like they kind of yeah. need to be together or I'm not really interested yeah the politic so whoever wrote like the political scenes in this movie feels like the type of person who masturbates to MSNBC like 24 7 like they they watch it they have memes of uh the Steve guy for uh, the the uh, was it Steve yeah Steve Kornacki Korn or whatever like, they think he's a hot piece of ass it's this, these are the same people it's like the the people who like watch yeah watch MSNBC and just think just like I mean yeah absolutely absolutely this is exactly what I'm thinking um and not saying you know not to point out MSNBC but it's just it's a Twitter brain too it feels like the same political pundit like who like retweets Trump is bad every five seconds is writing this shit um it's completely incoherent it has no actual substance it feels super fucking fake 
No one actually talks like that. And I'm not usually one of those people when, who makes that kind of criticism. But when it's about like, you know, I grew up in around DC. I've grown up a lot around politics. No one actually speaks. Like the beginning, I, I, I knew immediately the political stuff was going to be horrific because the whole like montage of her talking about, yeah, I'm going to talk to all these people. Oh, you know, Mr. Prime Minister, like it all is. Yeah, garbage. that's a little it's right. Like, absolutely. That's, it's yeah. so bad. Yeah, I don't believe yeah. any of it. I think it's like, it's like yeah. really rough to hear. Um, it doesn't feel modern. It doesn't, you would think like, it's like 2009, not 2019. Like you would think there would be like this fresh mm-hmm. look on it. Yeah. And I'm not saying we needed West Wing dialogue here, but like fucking mm-hmm. shit, bro. Like just, mm-hmm. just have something that's not like, it's all the same five words rearranged in a way mm-hmm. to make yeah. it sound political that well, the person be like, oh, we're talking about politics. Yeah. And I think yeah. where it does work is I think that the way that they they draw Charlotte's character and the way that they treat the way that her character is written and like the things that she deals with, the pressure she deals with as a woman in the public eye, I think that works really well. I think they could have rewritten this movie so that she's some other kind of public figure and not had taken the politics out of it completely. And I think it would have been stronger and that piece still would have worked, you know? Um, I just, yeah. I agree with you all. Like yeah. the the dialogue in the political sections was just like, who wrote this? I hate it. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. yeah, especially like that's the way they choose to open the movie. Um, yeah, or, or no, or rather, like introduce Charlotte. Um, right. Well, and again, we open with this scene of Seth Rogen or yeah. Seth Rogen's character Fred infiltrating the neo Nazi group, and like, I don't know how you can open the film with that. And then mm-hmm. not make any link between that and the Republican Party of 2019. How do you do that? <laughs> like, also, what are you smoking? <laughs> like, it's what? also crazy how unfunny that scene is, too. You would think, like, the hijinks right, right. you think would be so much more, like the like. Right. I, I get like the ending bit of the Jews won this round or whatever yeah. is like funny, but everything I would else say is just like. I like Ugh. the payoff of the swastika tattoo. That's Absolutely, funny. no, that, that's yeah. great. But, other, that's but great. other than that, I agree with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. It's crazy because you take all of that political shit out of it. And I, I, I do kind of like the I I like the ideas of how artificial like how basically everything is so artificial in politics. And I like that uh like the scenes with um what's her name? Uh Lisa Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, um, yeah. When she's talking yeah, about that, like, Charlotte's the, numbers. These random ratings yeah, that yeah, don't make any uh, sense. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like you got a 92 or a 92 out of yeah. what? And it's like the numbers are all they care about. Like when uh, Charlotte brings up her environmental um, uh, program again, it's just like, uh huh. And then like going back to like the graph. Okay, that's right. It's such a beautiful delivery. Yeah. Um, Um, Lisa Kudrow, funny enough, also in Booksmart in like this same month. Right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Those are the moments where I'm like, okay. I that that's that I get that, and I think that's kind of fun, and like that's funny, and I, I I think that's a pretty. You know, that's where the satirical aspects really come come out. Mm-hmm. But I think the main issue with politics, I mean, it, it, not saying this movie doesn't really fuck it up, but I think it also has a challenging thing is how do you make politics in 2019 more satirical? It's truly impossible because it's all satire. Right. There's um, a re- I was thinking about this too. There's a reason why we haven't covered that many films that deal with contemporary politics. Because it's right. they're, they're uh, bad. Yeah. It's hard they, to it's do. Bad. It's it's hard <laughs> yeah. to like. I mean, satirize, deal with textually, whatever. It it's difficult.
I think it's a big, it shows how poor the political like comedy is, is when you have an incredibly gifted comedic, comedic actor like Bob Odenkirk play this like fiction, you know, fictional president and almost all of his jokes fall pretty flat. Yeah. Almost none yeah, of it's I re- funny. I, re- I remember like Odenkirk as the president was one of like something that I heard and like it was like something that people celebrated, but it was just that casting that mm-hmm. it sounds like it, um, but not so much like- He has nothing to work with. Moments. The best thing um, he has is the TV thing. Like, you did right. it to me on TV. Yeah. That's yeah. the funniest part. And I it's like his delivery. There's also I, the meta casting of he was in, you know, Breaking Bad and whatever. So he's a TV star and he's in this movie. Right. Like, there's a little bit that, trying to make that's not that film. funny. Yeah. yeah. And now <laughs> in tw- but I think it's worth bringing out because like Odenkirk- uh, I, I also like the moment when he Skypes with Charlotte and he's like, yeah, bonjour. And he's like looking around. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. But um, but Odenkirk at this point in 2019 was, I think is considered like a national treasure because like yeah. uh, Saul is like into its later half mm-hmm. uh, in this, I mean, in this award season, he's going to be in Little Women and like a celebrated casting there. Um yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's, like, certainly, like, oh, that's inspired, but doesn't really do anything for the movie. Yeah. There are two pieces of casting for the supporting roles that I think work brilliantly, though. We have... Oh, yeah. Yes. June yeah. Di- is it Di- yeah. June Diane or Diane June? June Diane Raphael. June Diane yeah. Raphael is fantastic yeah. in this movie. Ama- my favorite performance in the movie. Yeah. All of her line deliveries are gold. She's so fantastic in Frederick, this movie. Frederick, Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> she plays, like... <laughs> Um, I guess she's like what some sort of consultant for yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, she's the person who's like, I'm the realist. I know actual Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean that side sucks. Yeah. But yeah. no, she's incredibly like, like really funny. I, yeah. Like she's like, I'm here to speak for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here yeah. to like answer and phone I, calls. I yeah. love the part when she gets Fred to uh, spill the beans that he and Charlotte are sleeping <laughs> together. And she <laughs> like the way she does that is perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's fantastic. I also really love Alexander Skarsgård in this film. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. His casting is inspired. So he plays the Canadian prime minister who is like, again, obviously. Maybe the most Swedish person on the planet. Oh, I know. Like an Aryan (laughs) god. And we're like, Canadian. I know. But I love the way that this casting kind of plays on his celebrity persona because and he also his teeth. Trudeau. His yes. Teeth. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So he, yeah. you know, he is this ostensibly kind of handsome man um as this prime minister and um he and Charlotte have had a couple like photos taken together and everyone kind of thinks oh maybe they're dating and people like the idea of these two together because they seem like they fit together. But they're two soon, gorgeous people, right? Right. But mm-hmm. as soon as he opens his mouth, he's weird as shit. And like <laughs> <laughs> he's like so again, off-putting. like Trudeau. Of he, yes, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. But he's so off-putting. And I I love Alexander Skarsgard trying his hardest to like not be sexy. <laughs> he's like trying so hard to be off-putting. It's crazy how well they do. And that. he's so good at it. He is it's, so unsexy in this movie. <laughs> it's I think that's one of the most uh, like brilliant achievements you can make in a film like this it's where it's like okay we have someone where literally a sex you could almost say a sex icon for a time when it came to a true blood oh right? he's that a was sex his, symbol right? yes 100 right. and like someone who like literally it's like, still now like a, yeah. half of the internet people wanted to jump his bones like the moment they saw him <laughs> and they were like okay so one he's literally the most swedish person on the planet his name is fucking alexander skarsgård 
Looks like an Aryan god. Canadian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got it. He'll play a Canadian. Okay, what else? Okay, I mean, yeah, he's like a fucking drop-dead gorgeous. Everyone wants to fuck him. Let's make him unsexy. Yeah. Oh, and he's he's so good. The scene where he lets his real laugh slip out kills me every time. <laughs> the fake <laughs> one's too good. It's good, too. It's like, oh, the teeth. The fake one's good, too. And then when, yeah, that's funny yeah. enough. And then when he lets the real laugh slip out, yeah. it's like comedic yeah. gold. I love it when Alexander Skarsgård gets to be funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it really is a feat that he, yeah. he makes himself so off-putting in this film. <laughs> Uh, like he yeah, just because I mean, he has the big players quiet. are great mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and also like ravi patel was, mm-hmm. is really good in in some moments the the secret um, servants secret service guys are great mm-hmm. um, yeah 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 mm-hmm. um randall park comes in for randall a park quick, yeah quick like right. you know straight down the middle just like a good like two base hit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like they actually get boys to men, which is great. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a, I mean, it does a lot with the '90s references. Back her like, down the nine oh two one zero like yeah. stuff. Like that's I think really it works clever. In the '90s references really nicely. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel too try hard or like nostalgia baby. It just mm-hmm. kind of feels like that's when they were kids, like that. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't rub me the wrong way. Like, and at that no, point, we're comparing what we're comparing a murder to war criminals when it comes to movies nowadays with '90s references. <laughs> yeah, it's I like know. you can we're either talking about a guy who killed someone in the act of you know an act of jealousy or Genghis Khan. Like, yeah. it's like yeah. okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like true. I think it, I think yeah. it's it's in comparison to some of the much more egregious examples we've gotten lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right on that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, it's, yeah, I, it's, I was, yeah, I was laughing a ton and I'm not usually yeah. that guy who laughs like out loud. Um, I, I don't laugh ever. No, I, I mean, when I'm watching, <laughs> when I'm watching a movie by myself, it's not, it's just not, it's not something I like, you know, I'll say that's funny a lot. Yeah, me um, too. Me too. Yeah. But no, there was moments where I was like actively laughing. Uh, and, and, and that's what kind of see, it's one of those things where it's like, no matter how many negatives I have for it. Um, and a decent. I don't think it it looks particularly well. I think the editing is really off at some points. Yeah, um, I don't it, like, like Jonathan when... Levine really in general. Like he's know. very unremarkable. Yeah, fifty fifty. I like okay. 50 50 50 50 yeah. okay. I like warm bodies okay, but like this is by far. Do my you like the night before? I don't. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. it's the it's night the before other is the Christmas with movie Rogan. with him. Well, the third one, jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt. And Anthony Oh, the night before. I thought you were saying yeah. 94. I'm like, what is that? A, is that a sequel to 71? Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I hear Michael Shannon's good in it. Um, but yeah, I think the way like the back, you know, like conversation scenes are shot, I think are really bad. Like, I think it's just really poorly edited, those back and forth, like you know cut you know close up cut close up cut close up cut to like a like a back and forth conversation is just like i don't know it's jarring it doesn't feel natural at all um and it's so funny there's yeah i have all like a decent long like a decent list of negatives that would pretty much crater any other film i was watching but the jokes are really solid the visual gags sure. are funny and the actors are terrific and it's like yeah. that's and that's all you have to be for me when it comes to this genre. If you have those, I'm okay. Yeah. No, I you almost kind of wish that it kind of 
slimmed down and didn't really focus on like Charlotte's political career was like in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, like it's just not that kind of movie. Um, I guess for me, like I kind of want to poke at the like soundtrack because it doesn't really feel that fluid, like going from Frank Ocean to Bruce Springsteen. It just doesn't really have like it doesn't have like an era that it quite Mm-mm. tries. I don't know. It's that, that kind of like I don't know. I just... Even the sort of main song that must have been loved by Roxette, it's like this is kind of as you know charlotte says it's one of her favorite songs and it's like played during it's played twice during the film mm, right it's kind of a pivotal piece of the soundtrack yeah. it's like why that song it's so random <laughs> like i don't i don't know <laughs> all of the soundtrack choices are kind of a head scratch to me i agree with you yeah it would make sense if it was all kind of like 90s like throwback mm-hmm. to when they were in high school but it's not because <laughs> it's set in 2019 like right. the 2020 campaign right and it's like it's not like you get but if yeah no it's but if you're gonna reference boys to men at like 90210 and and like when um charlotte and fred were kids mm-hmm. then play that but then right. you start to like veer into like contemporary music and it's like but it's i don't know um mm-hmm. but yeah and the rock set song like that like, comes, and that's from like, the 80s when they have their <laughs> dance right right yeah it's like what, what are we doing yeah. here um right. Can I claim a favorite scene already? We don't have to talk, like, I kind of have to put my stake in the ground for it. Um, I think, I think the hostage negotiation scene is, Yeah. It, I wanted to, it, I know everyone wanted to choose that one. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so good. We don't great. negotiate with really terrorists, terrorists, but we do negotiate, yeah. with, negotiate with home. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I don't want to okay I don't want to sound fucking crazy so just that might be the best performance like that's might be the best performance in a scene Charlize has ever given I agree mm. I agree with you she is fantastic and it's funny because she spends most of the 2010s like making her pivot into action movies yes. right and yeah. like I like her in action movies like you've covered a couple of them on this podcast mm-hmm. you've done yeah. Atomic Blonde you've done Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. um I love her in the old guard which is a little out of your purview um but I love how she brings all of this sort of um physical awareness and this control she has over her body now mm-hmm. and uses it for comedy instead of yeah. kicking ass it's perfect I love it <laughs> I don't I'm looking for a little more chill right now not all this aggression <laughs> <laughs> I it's like I love how you brought up the physical aspect of it because the complete I mean it's incredible what she does as like a physical actor in the scene because she is completely revamping how she's been in the entire film uptight you know very much like straight body language and to completely slouch and just kind of you know her hands move like more and she's a little less like she's loose with her um you know her um hand uh or hand gestures and she's more just kind of like it, like her bones are more loose. She's just kind of like almost like a rag doll in a way. Yeah. And and when she the moment she lights up that cigarette, you can tell it just everything <laughs> shifts. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It's a very organic performance, especially as someone who sort of like you know has a reputation of um, 
putting her all into these intense characters of course like because of the win for the oscar for for monster um and this is just like as committed and as um well done that it doesn't have to be something um that's that's completely dramatic that it's like she's still as uh committed it's not like like referencing other like things that are unnecessary about charlotte like you know and we've also covered prometheus Hmm. and i feel like that's a role where it's just like a little miscast because it's like you know then you get to start like she's starting to figure out what kind of genre pictures she likes to make when that is done um but it's funny because like i think of this as a career win for both rogan and theron but after this they both have like career duds to end the decade right because seth rogan has the lion king which is horrendous and then Charlie's Throne has Bombshell, which is horrendous. And it's like, you guys really ended the decade pretty poorly with those two. But yeah. Um she has like no, Ringo too. Yeah, yeah she, right, uh, right, decade. Right. It's yeah. that's that's sim- not it's not totally the McConaughey decade, but in the sense of the highs are really fucking high and the lows yeah. are low. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, uh, she has Young Adult, which is considered one of her best performances, if not uh, an incredibly beloved one right now. Um, you know, like, um, yeah, but then like, she just doesn't have, like, she's in the Fiend Furious. Um, you know, Hudson Winter's War. Like, yeah, you're right. Where it's like some things are just like not career highs, like um, young adults or like this could be considered. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but it's crazy because she's the most iconic female heroine action star of the last 20 to 30 years. Curiosa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a, it's not maybe Sigourney what level, but it's like it's close. she's like in yeah, the conversation, yeah, and that's yeah. fucking crazy compared mm-hmm. to any other actress that is currently working out. Almost any other fucking actor. And that's it's crazy insane. that it's like well, Furiosa was like her first at bat with action, mm-hmm. um, but then and then immediately after like goes into Fate of the Furious and Atomic Blonde, mm-hmm. and I'm looking over it now, and yeah, it's just like. George Miller just saw something in her, you know. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. But now, and now it's on in the in the prequels. Like, no, I mean, and, and, and it makes sense. I'm not saying he should have, but like, no, she's not going to be back, and she's not playing Furiosa probably ever again. And, um, but no, I think it's like that scene of her, you know, taking her off her arm and you know putting her knees down in the mm-hmm. desert and wailing is going to be in mm-hmm. every single fucking montage until we all die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every YouTube clip, every fucking Oscar montage of the beauty, you know, the, the movies. And right, right. For, like for the entire, the, until we literally all die, mm-hmm. that's, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And yet we're out, we're like, ah, cyber from Fate yeah. of the Furious, everyone's favorite mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Atomic Blonde 2? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Old Guard no 2? Knows. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, is that a thing that's happening? It? Yeah. Do they is. make it? Who knows? They're making yeah. it apparently. Without Netflix Gina said Price, everyone. Yes, everyone without which. Yeah. 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 So um, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy to think that yeah, she's like 
you know, fucking Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley of our generation, and she has shit to do. And she's still not considered a movie star. (laughs) Like, that's wild. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, yeah, I agree. That's like a decade as considerably uneven as hers turns out to be she gets maybe her most iconic role in the middle of it mm-hmm. right um yeah yeah and i don't uh, think but, she'll ever be able to top it yeah 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 it's interesting yeah um but yeah it's fun to see her do something totally different she's also going to do marvel now i just thought oh of that. yeah oh she's i forgot at the end of doc strange god damn mm-hmm. it she's cleo everyone's favorite sorcerer sorceress that I, a comic book nerd, know so much about. Leo. Like, bro, are we fucking serious right now? It's so, it's such a bummer. It's such, I mean, it's not like a Brie Larson bummer, but it's getting to become a Brie Larson bummer when it becomes of the Jesus. career trajectories. Um, yeah. But at least she's had a chance to do shit like the long shot yeah. where Larson is doing yeah. accurate commercials as we speak. And then like, you know, with Seth Rogen, uh like we've covered him a few times like like Clay said like recently would take this waltz um I haven't done steve jobs yet that's so crazy no. is take this yeah. waltz the only one you've covered with I seth rogan in it i was because I, I was looking because so. i was trying to see i was like have you guys we haven't done to seth the end rogan's we, 2010s yeah yet? we haven't did yeah. this is the end we haven't done um yeah, yeah, we haven't done Steve Jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We haven't done the interview, and we're never going to. Um, we're ne- actually well, we probably have to at some point, just because yeah, of how crazy for the it's Sony a, hack. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's important. But oh, it, well, like, I mean, to be to be fair, like Steve Jobs also important for the Sony hack, and, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, lit. You're right. Uh, this uh, this and take his waltz. The only Seth Rogen that we've covered. Yeah. Um, a decade where he's, I mean, he's in a lot of stuff. A dub? Like, is it a I dub think, of a decade? I think, I think it is because yeah. he doesn't face that many like career hurdles, but sort of like things that well, don't work and then he makes up for it. Well, and also you see Seth Rogen has been writing since the beginning of his career. He's written yeah. on a lot of things that he starred in. He's always he might even consider himself more of a writer than an actor. Yeah. He might be one of those guys. And uh-huh. he, it in the 2010s, in the 2010s, he really pivots to producing. He starts his producing yeah. company with Evan Goldberg. They direct This Is the End Together as their first directorial effort. Um, he really pivots to producing and some of his biggest hits in the 2010s are things that he's produced so um you know i'm thinking about like the boys is a huge one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh and that's going strong to now and like yeah yeah, the boys and invincible yeah Yeah, now he's becoming like alternative comics guy like right yeah right so he kind of he is steadily acting throughout the 2010s but he doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have another um iconic role like he has with pineapple express or with knocked up like he's he seems less focused on being a leading man like he shows up and stuff but he doesn't like lead things mm-hmm. too consistently through the 2010s um yeah, he did what good boys is that, that? Was he did J- he did produce that yeah yeah, and then you also, and now he's going to try and save uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with a mm-hmm. Spider-Verse ripoff mm-hmm. or whatever. It actually yeah. looks kind of fun. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah you're right it's this more of this like ah like swiss army knife kind of like i don't know i'll act sometimes i'll do this i'll be in a spielberg mm-hmm. i'll do a boil and then yeah. yeah i'll just do this i guess and I yeah think it's very yeah it's low-key kind of yeah and i think that's part of why he's underrated as an actor because that's right. not the mm-hmm. sole thing he focuses on mm-hmm. um he's underrated yeah. as an actor and then also with this case underrated as a comedic lead Mm-hmm. um which is why he's like but also like we said the um the knocked up of it all like certainly <laughs> plays it into that um but he's also just not a dramatic actor even though like i think he's fabulous in steve jobs and the fablemans he doesn't make a like a pivot Mm-mm. where it's like i'm going for an oscar you know he's no, just like he, he never does he, yeah Mm-mm. he loves movies and wants to work with interesting people and when he gets a chance to work with Danny Boyle and Steven Spielberg is just um, another and, one of those. That... And he increasingly, over the 2010s, only works on, only acts in projects that he produces. So yes, he, yeah. you know, there there are some exceptions, like you mentioned, but he really kind of just starts doing whatever he wants to do. He, you know, he he doesn't necessarily like go out of his way to work with auteurs. He has, but he doesn't go out of his way to do it. He seems most comfortable, kind of you know, working on the projects that he produces and that he wants to work on. Um, and yeah, so I think he he kind of, yeah, he has, he kind of creates his own empire in the 2010s mm-hmm. in a way that people don't think about a lot of the time. I yeah, he's probably getting a ton of different <laughs> sources of income currently. Yeah. From, you know, I yeah. think he has a deal with Amazon in general. I think mm-hmm. he, yeah, he he's, he's not... And I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know what his, I don't know if he has a, he's definitely seems like the guy who doesn't have a plan for what he's doing next. He's like, yeah, oh, definitely. whatever comes away. There's yeah. no structure yeah. to this. You know, I like, think that that's not true. He, really? When you read interviews with him, he is a workaholic. Like he is very, well, he yeah, knows, he knows what he's doing. I think he just has this sort of. Cause he doesn't have kids. He doesn't know. Yeah. He has this kind of, um there's this kind of idea of him as like this laid back stoner and that's not yeah. really what he's like. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I mean is I don't think he has, I'm going to work on this, 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 and this, and this. I like, I'm going to work. I, I like these ideas. Uh, this is in the pan. Like it doesn't seem, but maybe, but it seems like I'm wrong, but yeah. I, no, he, what I he meant was on, more of like, not that he's lazy, but the idea of he doesn't have this like career goal. It's more of, I like working. Yeah. I'm not that... trying to achieve this very specific thing. I try. I just like to stay busy. That was my interpretation. No, I see. I can see that. I can see that. But I also think that, you know, again, like reading interviews and stuff with him, I think his most sort of front facing work, what people think about is his acting work. And I think that's the thing that he has the least. Yeah. The least mm-hmm. kind of. Um, like if he's a producer, writer, plan for. <laughs> if he's right, a producer, think... writer, actor, yeah. it's like actors, like yeah. So I think I think maybe his career goals are just things that like we yeah don't necessarily think about because he doesn't he's not trying to win an Oscar or be a movie star or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like, totally I totally take your point, Clay. Yeah, he yeah. does. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, like and then we mentioned earlier, he still owns Houseplant. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, he has like yeah. Yeah, yeah I know we didn't even like talk he, about the pottery, which is again, this kind of comes out around yeah. 2019 when everyone's like, yeah. oh, he makes pottery. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And he's just like the chill Uncle Seth Rogen. Who, yeah. You yeah. know, um, but you know, it's funny because it's like he builds this empire, like it starts to produce more than Evan Goldberg and 
uh, starts to become like another Judd Apatow, who, of mm. course, like he's good friends with. And um, I, I think about all this and he's still so selfless and humble that he could like be on exiting. He could be on Oscar's podcast. You know, it's like that he doesn't feel like he's just like, oh, well, we've lost Seth, you know? Um, he seems yeah. like the, one of the most approachable movie stars does, or actors yes. to ever really do it, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, and, and again, to, like, yeah. I don't know how much of that is is true or how much of that is kind of his cultivated persona, <laughs> right. but he seems very grounded. He's a fantastic storyteller. I love watching interviews with him. Like I could listen to him talk. I did earlier today for like 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, because like he, um, have you read his book? It's very funny. It's oh, just, uh, is so. that is that um a year the yearbook? He just yes. tells stories. And he just tells or... these anecdotes about his life in Hollywood and like again mm-hmm. it he comes across as so like relatable or almost like an outsider kind of observing all of this even though he's been working since he's 16. I mean he's yeah. been he's been a star since at least knocked up so for at least 15 years. Um but he still <laughs> has this sort of um he still kind of gives off this sense that he he uh, is still kind of grounded and, and mm-hmm. approachable and hasn't totally lost touch with the real world. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but I think he's producing part- this. He's producing a comedy this year called Joyride. Yes, he is producing yeah. Joyride. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know what this is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Stephanie's using it. Stephanie's- yeah, the trailer yeah. is so manic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look at that later. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, But yeah, but I think that that sort of relatability and that like, whatever that is, I think that that comes through when he's acting. I think that comes Mm -hmm. through in his screen presence. And I think that that's one of the things that makes him such a compelling romantic lead. And I think it's part of what makes him work in this film um, Mm -hmm. in Longshot. Um, Yeah, I think it's kind of what you're talking about with his kind of celebrity persona, I think it comes through mm-hmm. in his acting a lot of the time as well. And that's why I love him in Take This Waltz and mm-hmm. 50-50, where it's mm-hmm. like, he isn't the lead, but he does so much with um, how to balance out the lead in Michelle Williams and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, coincidentally mm-hmm. the same year. Um, and, you know, takes it all in and like tries to find a way to like, relate to the main character's problems but then like not have any of the actions that he does like feel unfamiliar to who the audience knows Seth Seth Rogen to be Mm -hmm. um and and then I think here you're like gradually makes his way to being the lead um and you would think like the shtick like the laugh the mannerisms um the way like the comedy beats are because like you know it's like we get into modern studio comedies it's like some of the jokes that rogan has for himself are like da 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 and it's just and it's like especially like with some of the scenes with like rendell park and o'shea jackson mm-hmm. um i don't know and, and somehow he makes it so relatable and charming um and comfortable with with rogan that it's like 
he's just really good and Mm -hmm. it somehow isn't cringy or outplayed yeah well and i think he has a reputation i mean he is actually he's literally played himself multiple times but he (laughs) has a reputation of like just playing himself at the Mm -hmm. end like that he's an actor who just plays himself which you know there's nothing wrong with that like persona acting is is valid that's a that's a, a most movie stars do that um but i also think in the case of seth rogan it's kind of unfair i don't think he always necessarily yeah. plays himself um mm-hmm. but i think what you're talking about that kind of that that relatability that kind of laid back attitude that comes through sometimes um that sort of like every man thing whatever that he kind of has that comes through i think that reads to people as he's just playing himself <laughs> but i yeah. don't i don't necessarily think that that's what he's doing um and uh i mean in this film even it's interesting to me in this this film reviews of this film a lot of them described fred as like a sort of typical slacker character like uh seth rogan normally plays and i don't read fred no. as a slacker no at all I no mean, he's a brooklyn he's a brooklyn gentrifying hippie and right. i which is different yeah i do <laughs> think though at some points i'm like i get it okay you're uh, like the outfit i think I, it's like funny at first but he keep he stays in it and i'm yeah. just like we get it you're the brooklyn like that's the poster right. like the woke guy from brooklyn who probably yeah. who also probably helped gentrify that area we get it no like we get the joke good job right yeah yeah and then the joke just like is the move like, oh okay like, yeah yeah um but it, i mean it's interesting how like people's perceptions of what a Seth Rogen character should be kind of like colored how they read his character in this and I absolutely yeah which I yeah I don't know I was wondering about what you thought about that because I don't read him as a slacker at all no I mean (laughs) he barely even does his like patent patent and like laugh to be honest Mm -hmm. and like he and he doesn't even doesn't really smoke that much weed. If anything, it's mostly just it's mostly stimu- like stimulants. Yeah, um, there's like the joke about all the drugs in his pocket, and then of course there's the Molly funny scene. joke. Yeah, which is a funny <laughs> joke. <laughs> the the fucking the the ending of that is like, yeah, these are all my prescriptions just to vaporize my medicine, and this is a blunt. It's so <laughs> it's such good joke writing that I just I love that little you know the ending little moi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely not a slacker. He's anything. He seems quite productive. He writes a ton right. of speeches. Right, yeah. and also, um, like, I think Fred, the character of Fred is really defined by his sort of, like, indignant anger, you know? Like, he feels yeah, passionate about ethic. these things. Right, and it's like that, I don't know, the way that some people wrote about the character seemed more informed, like I said, by what they thought of other Seth Rogen characters. Well, yeah. when it's a persona, when they are, like, when they, you know, the persona actors, that's when I see, and not to take a you know not to you know pull up my soapbox and start ranting about you know film criticism but i'm going to Um, (laughs) that's when writing film criticism like you know film analysis and critical uh writing gets its laziest is when they see this and they're like oh my god it's so they're gonna do it again (laughs) it's like just jesus christ just watch the fucking movie and have your own opinion on it Mm -hmm. like it, it when it gets like all right i understand you're struggling for a word count (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think this is that hard, to be honest. Mm-hmm. This is not a fucking, this is not a Herzog film. You can write about it, I promise. Mm-hmm. This, there's no, like, great mm-hmm. fucking take to have. It's like, just take take it for what you want. Like, take, yeah. take, look at the fucking text, 
look at the film and see how his character is written and how he performs it and judge it from there. You don't have, like, this is not that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I notice that so many times when it comes, it's like so many times when it comes to, yeah, that persona actors, the moment they especially even try with, to, they. Especially people who are in comedies. Like that's mm-hmm. of course, like a lot of like. Mm-hmm. And if they even do something close to what they usually do, they write it off. That's the thing. It has to be either radically different and it's like, oh, they're subverting expectations or they, or they just do the same thing. It's never like, oh, it's a slight yeah. tweak on X or Y. Mm-hmm. It's just a complete, it, yeah, you just want, no, he's a mm-hmm. uh, fucking slacker guy. That's it. Well, and it's I'm interesting done. because I feel like this character in Longshot has kind of, seems like it's kind of the new like Seth Rogen type. I mean, he's in a TV show right now on Apple TV plus called platonic with but it doesn't exist. It doesn't <laughs> exist. It's a fake show. It's but, crazy. But his character feels very indebted to Fred Flarsky like that. I'm kind of like, Oh, this is the new Seth Rogen type that we started with Longshot. So it's kind of interesting. Um, Longshot is interesting mm-hmm. if you're thinking about kind of the trajectory of, of Rogan's career, even though it wasn't a hit. I mean, I, it seems like it kind of unlocked something for him as far as his. Well, knowledge. yeah, he's not. When's the last time he went back to the I'm completely. It's been so long. He hasn't yeah, played I don't so long. No, I can't even like in the neighbors. He's like, a, like, I'm trying to be a functioning dad. It's not like yeah. he's like, yeah. I'm trying like yeah. I'm smoking so much yeah. weed. Yeah. Um, right. And obviously right. that not the, of those ha- like, you know, he smokes weed in the in those kind of movies once in a while, but that's not his entire personality. Right. Like he is not the stoner. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I would say this like is the end maybe, but even then that's a different thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even be that stoned all the time. There's apocalypse happening. Channing Tatum <laughs> is getting, you know, is on a leash. Like when is the time <laughs> you can get high? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got time? <laughs> yeah um uh yeah yeah that happens so especially with comedic actors it's like oh yeah they're just doing the same shtick i'm like i mean every actor does the same shtick like that's why they're like funny they're speaking through their voice and their mannerism sure yeah you got it bud yeah (laughs) you could literally say that about every one who's in comedies absolutely (laughs) right that's literally the selling point of all comedies is like hey it's this guy doing a shtick again but in this different scenario yeah I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like that's the reason why um like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotlight Spotless Mind is so beloved. It's like Jim Carrey is doing something different, but it's like because we know it's Jim Carrey, and then he's just gonna like go back to doing like Mr. Powers Penguins like the year after, something like that. Or like Sandler, you know, it's these people where it's like, yes, they're doing the Sandler thing, but it's like, you know, say something else. You know, it's like we know it. Um mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, you know, people repeat the same performances. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but when you look at, but you, Mm -hmm. you, but to assume so, especially looking at Rogan's case specifically and you seeing, and there's textual evidence of that not being the case. It's just so lazy to just be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's him in another app. It's a him in his Apatow mode again. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. it isn't. And it's really (laughs) interesting because I, you know, I've been thinking about it. There are, I mean, Seth Rogen plays like the stoner slacker type in like two of his most famous movies and Pineapple Express and Knocked Up. If you look right. at the rest of his filmography, that's not even the majority of what he does. Right. It's interesting. I know yeah. it's again, yeah. like I, you know, 
I said it already, but I feel like he's just so underrated as an actor for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, yeah, and you can and you can even argue like underrated. Yeah, like you could say, you know, the quality argument or whatever. It's also just, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like, uh, it's also just your your the fucking narrative around his entire existence right. might not apply to every single aspect of his career right like i feel like the narrative of his career like doesn't match the reality of it no it's kind of where the the disconnect is yeah people think that he just like legit he people sometimes thinks he's fucking speaking of a movie recently covered think he's moon dog and that's his entire (laughs) like from beach bum he just smokes weed and creates art or whatever and yeah he smokes weed to write but that's not but he doesn't write literally how many, right. yeah, exactly. How many stoner movies has he fucking made? Pineapple, like, and yeah. you could even argue Knocked right. Up isn't even a stoner movie. Like, Pineapple no. Express is the only Cheech and Chong thing. True but one, they treat, yeah. but people treat him like he's legit, like the only thing he makes are stoner comedies. Right. When he's made right. one. Right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, like one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah half. It's really just like unfortunate that um, a public persona that has been, uh, that has been, aware of the entire 21st century and then it's just like a completely misunderstood career and has offered much more to hollywood than just acting mm-hmm. um but it, it's it's like yeah it's funny because he does bring the same qualities and it's just like the textual reading that people will have and it's like Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's much more than that and so overlooked. Um and he he just he has someone was he's so much he's someone with so much variety, but yeah, it sucks that he's really just like known for like goofy stoner, but like mm-hmm. like man child a bit. But it's like no, he's mm-hmm. just like And again, yes, this character was described as a man child, and I'm like, I don't think he yeah, is right. though. <laughs> Like maybe I do, he's not I do polished, think it's changed he doesn't a own little... a suit, but that doesn't mean he's a man child. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like he know. has the dorky jacket, but that doesn't mean I don't know. But I do think it's changing a little bit. Like I think with Clay and I's generation, like like there is a little bit of like Seth Rogen hot. Yeah. Certainly so, and, yeah. and after like the GQ photo shoot that you talked about, like he's like, you know. Like lost the like lost like the schlubby weight or something like like thin down like like started dressing really well I know like that is a part of like the modern Seth Rogen thing like takes mm-hmm. care of his fashion mm-hmm. um yeah like I don't I don't know like it it is like like re- he's written about in a way that's clearly misdirected but I don't think that he's completely like he there's he's not controversial at all like it's just like he's good but still like misunderstood Mm -hmm. yeah I mean yeah it is interesting I mean I again I said at the top of this episode that I've had a crush on him for a long time so take this with a grain of salt but like I have always found Seth Rogen's screen presence to be attractive like there's something about him where he's like believable Mm -hmm. to me as a romantic lead like I get it I think he's kind of sexy and always have so it seems like like long shot and on he's kind of acknowledging that aspect of his persona but trying to kind of or that aspect of his screen presence but kind of trying to craft the rest of him to like be acceptable so other people will see it 
if that makes sense. Because I don't necessarily think that like Seth Rogen being hot is like a new thing. It's like people realizing he's hot or being like, oh, it's okay to think he's hot now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. People like if you, it's always that take where it's like, oh, I've always thought he was hot. But like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, then why haven't you said it? Right. Right. And so I feel like he's kind of going through this phase of like where he's trying to kind of he's like doing certain things like losing weight, dressing well, whatever, in an effort to kind of like make that aspect of his screen presence, which in my opinion has always been there, like more palatable. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, definitely. Yeah, it's been I just don't know watch. what he does with that. That's one of the things. It's like yeah. it's like if this was a big hit, I could see a future with that kind of like him transitioning to that mode. But with this being a flop and him not necessarily doing anything even close to this for the near future, it's one mm-hmm. of those things where I'm just like, like you didn't but, need to do that for the the yeah. Spielberg role. Like I don't know what your next step is mm-hmm. as an actor. Yeah. I know what your next step like, is as a producer and writer. I don't no idea what you're trying to do as an actor anymore. I mean, again, to, you know, platonic doesn't exist, but in that show, like he, it's a weird kind of bridging the gap of the two things. It's a very interesting kind of transitional role for him. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, to highlight some things that are in between like now and Longshot, um, apologies, Clay, for bringing up this director, but Pam and Tommy, uh, you know, he does a TV show because, um, yeah he's in that he's um, he's the camera guy Mm -hmm. yeah something like that um he's pretty but then he's he's like all in on animation right like Mm -hmm. lion king super mario like chippendale um and that's nothing new but it's still um an american pickle and that doesn't exist but (laughs) yo you could have told me that came out seven years ago or two years ago i would not have i would no idea well, what's funny is like that was like what that was one of the first original HBO, HBO Maxes, right? That was yeah. the thing. Guys, guys, like, guys, now guys, it's guys. off. They've taken it off the app. American Pickle. Yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. New streaming That's service. Right. Look at us. Netflix, watch out. We got American Pickle. You better fucking count your chickens. <laughs> I, we're coming for you. But again, I do think that is one of Seth Rogen's best dramatic performances. But he didn't make a big deal out of it. Like he was, it was just kind of like. No one did. No one yeah, made no a big one deal did. out of it. It was just yeah. kind of like, I made yeah. this. Cool if you watch it. Yeah. It's very Jewish. Yeah. There's Sarah Snook <laughs> in it. And that's Sarah it. Sarah Snook yeah. in it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But it's it's one of his best performances. It's very mm-hmm. good. Um. Transitioning into someone else, I suppose. Um, talking about Andy Circus, um, <laughs> who, funnily enough, we've just covered on yeah. our Apes episode. Basically, and... sucked his cock on podcast, just <laughs> really for the like. I just, I, you know, I've slathered that man with the amount it's of praise of that yeah. you can only imagine. So it is what and watching him in this playing like a Roger Ailes type fucking like Lithgow and bombshell type performance where I'm just like, ah, oh, Andy, you didn't have to do this one. You well, didn't have no, to do that's it. That's what I was going to say. No, literally, he didn't have to because he came to Levine, Rogan and Theron being like, I have an idea. <laughs> and, and then so he just pitched he himself, go, he, basically. Yeah, he, he like cold pitched uh, Parker Wembley's whole thing and the makeup design took like hours per day 
and it went like above and beyond what they were expecting. It's just like, yeah, circus could be like a mean old grouch. He probably didn't get paid that much too. Like, what was his fucking rate? Like, (laughs) it wasn't an upgrade because he went for the makeup. Yeah, like. Maybe he yeah, just likes no, rom coms. He's also in right. Thirteen Going on Thirty, which is another one. He, of my he, great, he graces us with one of the great like characters in any franchise ever. He like revolutionizes the technology. He gives an incredible performance on television in a fucking Star Wars streaming ser- service, and is also like, yeah, I want to be Roger Ailes for a fucking yeah great random ass comedy, and I want to be hours of makeup. What a weird dude. I love Just him, li- but come on. Listen to this, how how like it's detailed in Seth Rogen's recollection. He's like, Rogan remembered. We offered him in the role and he was like, okay. And then he started sending ideas for what he should look like. And then we were like, what do you mean? And I thought that was kind of, I thought that looked a lot like any circus. But then he was like, no, I was going for this whole thing. We were like, whatever, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> Maybe after all of those mocap performances, he's just like, I can't show my real face, like psychological at this point. Uh. It's funny because that's the guy who would play a Marvel villain as a charming, bumbling South African, like, weapons dealer. Yeah. Like, a horrible person that you're just like, I want to spend time with you, Mr. Claw. What are you doing? Like, a bomb villain like a C fucking D list villain, but is has all this charisma to boot and playing like a South African fumbling idiot. And is, of course he's going to be the guy's like, I got ideas. This is my time, my time for the prosthetic. <laughs> Here is all the fat suits I could think of. Pick one. <laughs> oh yeah. A, B or C. Which one do you like, Jonathan? What do you think my hair should be? Oh, wait, don't answer that. I think it should be this. Cool. Let's figure it out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll contact you later. <laughs> you have my pager. Yeah. Like he's, he's, I love him, but Jesus Christ, Andy, you didn't need this one. You really didn't. You could have, you could have called it yeah. a day. Um, I had no idea he was in this. I had no idea. I, I did too, but I didn't know. I, I knew people were like, yeah, Circus is in this and he's doing something. I didn't know it was this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, he's trying to play, it's Roger Ailes, right? I, mm-hmm. The guy, yeah, it's like, well, it's like a Rupert Murdoch, Roger Ailes, or uh, Rush Combo. Limbaugh, uh-huh. right? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't even get the, what? Okay, sure. I mean, again, I guess... because the satire of this movie is so incoherent it's Insipid. like what is, he, what is he doing here what is the point of his character right. here yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah whatever i mean he you know you're caesar so you can you can get away with a lot of things yeah. all right um yeah do you remember he was in the television show andor uh by chance i literally referenced that earlier shut up no I, whoa no i, I, know, I know, know i know i know i know i we watched that together we shared a moment yeah we looked in each other's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We watched him say no way out in an intercom in a very emotional scene. Yeah. I love that man. Fucking, yeah. you know, was it Kino and Roy? We, is that his character? We oh, we told each it. other things we haven't told anyone else. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, no, I, I, I mean, yeah, I've already, I, I don't know if I could say anything else. How, like, you know, I thought he was a pretty good Alfred too. I'll say yeah. it. 
I thought it was pretty he's he's not he doesn't give you a lot of bad performances unless it's something like this where it's not even I don't even know if it's bad it's just more of like really it's like yeah, it's not bad it's just yeah, yeah it's just kind of like why yeah. what's, but it's what's not this like choice Andy before. yeah right yeah <laughs> just you sure you about this one? doesn't mean you should right 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 right, right. You like, should. right like <laughs> really this one okay yeah right. what do you yeah that's um and he directed the cinematic masterpiece uh venom uh let there be carnage so i don't know i always forget he directed that oh my god don't forget about that he was a very important film and guess what and another connection to long shot woody harrelson's in it Mm, there we go there we go let's move to favorite (laughs) six degrees let's move to favorite scene i think we got it to favorite scene so you already went clay you Um, picked the best one yeah right yeah I cheated. That, I don't cheat m- m- that yeah. often when it comes to those the, the favorite <laughs> scene, but I had to. That that's so good. It's so good. It's so yeah. Good. It's really special. Yeah. It's the center. I love of the, the costume, and I love how yeah. she rocks that sun. Those sunglasses. I mean, it just the costuming is really good. They put a blazer over it, like yeah, and she, like she's not t- talking to Air Force generals. It's yeah, really yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. And I love I love when he, when the general is like, I can take those sunglasses away, and she's like, I have alopecia. Both I, I, I love the yeah. confetti in her hair too it's so cozy. it's this there no one took it off and when she comes yeah. back it's perfect when she goes to like yeah. you and of course rogan is also still yeah. high and losing his yeah. yeah 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 and and i love when uh fred and maggie are in the conference room and he's like we're on drugs we're on drugs. We're on drugs. <laughs> and she's trying to say, no, don't no, say no. that. What are we doing? I'm on drugs. <laughs> no. We're not moving here. So that's why this movie works. It's because of those moments. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. stupid, but really well done and charming. Mm-hmm. And like, just, yeah. and you know, it's not that political stuff is like the background. That's what it kind of should have been. It's like, that's the background shit. There's no actual real commentary there. It's just like, it, and it's I the, think it's if they had left the O'Shea Jackson Jr. scene out of it, maybe I would have been less mad. But that particular yeah. scene, I was like, oh, you did that. He's Don't so good that. in this film, too. <laughs> he what? is so good I, in this film. I, I've already made my fucking point with Ingrid Goes West, but what are we doing yeah. to this man? A bit part in know. Obi-Wan Kenobi and the fucking Godzilla <laughs> versus Kong? After Ingrid what? Goes West, he should have had so yeah. many offers. He should have been... He yeah. perfectly replicates his father. He perfectly yes. like it's he fucking what what else do you need to prove that he's incredible? I mean, like he's actually good in Den yeah. of Thieves. Fun fucking fact. And he, I guess he's gonna be in a sequel, but like I mean, but he was why are we getting him in like comedies? Mm-hmm. He was in a comedy this year, and it doesn't exist. It's called Cocaine oh, no. Bear. It's, oh, the, it's the, that it's doesn't the count. Everyone's in that fucking movie. I know. I know. Well, no. I'm just for, I'm reporting. Harry Russell and Alden Ehrenhyke are in that movie. Ehrenhyke? Yeah. yeah. Aaron Russell. Ehrenhyke. Ehrenhyke. It's, it's one of it's know. one of Ray Liotta's last movies too. Um, he looked like yeah. a cocaine bear. Hey. Okay. Well, you know. I mean, sorry. That was that too soon. I mean, I, I love you, Ray, but those last years weren't super yeah. kind to you. I'll be honest. <laughs> do this job anymore. I fucking hate it. I mean, what's the point? Every time I do something, it just gets undone. I'm sorry. I just want to be a normal person and not give a fuck about anything, just like the rest of the world. 
Yeah, most people don't give a shit about anything. I bet it's really nice. That's what I want. I don't know how to give that to you. Let's get fucked up. Fucked up? Yeah. Like a few beers fucked up? Or like a little more than that fucked up? Like super fucked up. I want to smoke a molly with you. <laughs> what? That's not, um... That's not how you take it. But how do you take it? It's a pill. You take it in your mouth. But I don't know if you want to do it. Why not? I just don't know if it's a good idea. As your boss, I'm ordering you to get me a molly. Oh, man. Hey. 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 Chocolate. Hey. Just cast a check. And I'm about to blow it all on chocolate. Yeah, I'm about to blow it all on chocolate. Sweet tooth, baby, make that dollar stretch. Uh, I feel my sweet tooth agging up. All I need is you to go ahead, back it up. Honey, paper sack brown, yeah, I'm black enough. Never holler man down, cause we're standing up. Standing rock, she pretty deep. Stay litty, off the Hennessy and Tito's. We go hard in the paint like Good? a I don't feel anything. You don't feel it? No, I don't feel a fucking thing. Jaw feels really weird. Yeah, that's the drugs. Drugs love a jaw. I want more. No, 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 no. Maybe in like an hour. Ooh, we should do it Listen to me. Dance with me, Steven. Dance. We have a situation. Huh? Yo. How much longer is this Molly stuff gonna last? We just re-upped. You kept saying you wanted to take more, so we did. So we have another maybe four or five hours. Yeah. Why? I'm in so much trouble. What's happened? I'm gonna be in so much trouble. What's happened? All right, all right. Are they out of water? One of our U-2s went down while performing a standard flyover in Kastari airspace. The pilot was able to eject, but it appears he was taken by the Kastari military. Thank you, General. Prime Minister Barath is refusing to return the pilot to the United States custody, personally hurt by the many insults thrown at him by POTUS. Good job. All right. It's gonna be okay in there, right? That's up to you, ma'am. Oh, 
sunglasses for you if you like. Oh, no. I have alopecia in both eyes. <clears throat> Hello. Secretary Field. Oh, my God. Hello, Baroth? Hey, I hear we have a situation here, one that we both probably want resolved very quickly. You're not going to bully me this time, Madam Secretary. Your man will stay here until your president personally apologizes to me over Instagram. He won't do that. Yeah. No. Yes. Go. Yes. Can I level with you? Can I fill you in on something? Go ahead. Me and Charlotte, we're fucked up right now. We're on drugs. First of all, I don't want to talk about that. I don't. Why? I don't we can't talk about the drugs. Do you know we're on drugs? I don't want to talk about that in this room. Do you know we're on drugs? What's happening? We're on drugs right now. Ha 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 ha! That's funny. That's a funny joke. What's a joke? She's on fucking drugs. She's negotiating. Are we going somewhere? We're on drugs right now. So you're admitting that the United States government ordered these planes to spy on my country? No. No, no, of course not. That's what it sounded like. Face it, you have no leverage here. Matches aggression, madam. It's the only way out of this. I don't know, I just, he seems really fucking pissed. I'll get more fucking pissed. I don't know who's really in charge. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I'm not, I'm not feeling all this aggression stuff. I, I'm in more of like a chilled vibe, you know, just feeling, God, are those kawas? Just, I'm so, so just gonna drop on one. How is that the case? Well, you both have to deal with my boss, and we both think he's an asshole. You also think he's an asshole? Oh my god, he's such an asshole. It was a stupid fucking TV show. It was like good for three episodes, and then it just didn't make any sense. Fuck, it feels good to say that. Listen, you need to keep this on the real DL. We both know that. The U.S. does not negotiate with terrorists, but we do negotiate with homies. So if you give us our guy back, I'm gonna hook you up with a sweet e-package. So not only do you not have to keep a guy hostage, which is a pretty shitty thing to do. I mean, I've done it myself. Don't tell anybody. Super classified. It sucks. I hate it. Yeah. So, why don't we instead save a ton of lives? I mean, that's pretty fucking awesome, right? I think this is a really good idea. What do you say? Ma'am? 
yeah, I, uh, Leia, do you have one or should I? You go, because I have, I knew, I knew that one of you was going to pick the Molly's, the (laughs) hostage scene. So I have a couple. So you go first and then. (laughs) Uh, Cool, cool, cool. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, as I, I, it really killed me to see the flashback to to um fred explaining to lance why you know charlotte um he got the boner and then i have a 13 year old boner the the boyfriend walks in and says good one or something and like rogan's delivery is great too when he's like giving oh my gosh he's like narrating (laughs) yeah 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 and you always hear that, like that, like diatribe about act. You know, acting is about listening. And you mm-hmm. see how committed O'Shea is listening to that story and drunk off his ass. It's beautiful. <laughs> like I, no, and I hard love his, as a rock. And I love yeah. his response at the end too. He's like, "She said your boner was okay." <laughs> he's like, "Finds the positive." He's so good. And he's that, like, man. "No, not it's okay." As in, it's okay, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I define it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Hey, you paddling them kind of hard, don't you think? I know fire today, man. You told me you quit. I was forced to quit because of... You're okay, man. Lie to me some more. Good. Secretary of State looking at us? Oh, she's looking at you? Hey, what was that? Hey, what was that? I kind of know her, okay? You kind of know her? Yeah. But he kind of knows Charlotte Field, all right? It's like kind of knowing a mermaid, dude. You tell people that shit. That's exceptional. Okay, I'll tell you the story. So, I'm like 13. She's like 16. She's my babysitter. How do I say goodbye? She's like perfect. And she's very nice to me which goes a long way with me. So we're at her house. She's practicing a speech that she's writing because she's running for student council president. Did you know that every year the school throws away over 500 tons of recyclable garbage? And no one cares. I know, it's total bullshit. But how do you get idiots to care about shit they don't care about? They'll just can't care because it's the right thing to care about. You're more inspiring than George Bush and Dan Quill combined. Well, that's not too hard. (laughs) She was amazing and she was smart she seemed to kind of like me and i felt like we were having a moment you know what i mean like a romantic moment oh shit so i did something that in retrospect was highly inappropriate i kissed her i looked down i got a fucking 13 year old boner man hard but not big but hard and pronounced 13 year old boner sorry and she looks at it she sees it and she goes it's okay and then her boyfriend comes in the room, who's oh, in the other room watching Blossom, hey, babe. points out my fucking little boner. He makes a joke. Whoa! And they left. And I'm left standing there alone in the kitchen with my little hard 13-year-old fucking boner. Hard as a rock. And on top of that, she didn't win the fucking election. Bill Sterling won because he ran on a two-prom platform. Two prom? Two proms! Back to back! <laughs> she didn't stand a fucking chance. No, man. I think you're skimming over the best part of that story. What's the best part of that story? She says your boner was okay. 
She said it's okay, like she was trying to not make me fucking feel bad. Brad, you see a fucked up story when I see a beautiful story about a girl that you liked, liking your boner and all of its okayness. You need to talk to her tonight. She probably doesn't remember who I am, and if she does remember who I am, the last thing she wants is my 13-year-old boner having fucking ass walking up to her. Excuse me. Secretary Field would like to speak with you. With me? With him, right? Yeah. Right now? Or do you know why? This way. This is kind of What are you nervous about? What the fuck? I'm waiting for you to just can't shake this feeling that we know each other. We do. We do? Yeah, we okay, do know each other. Crazy. Uh, I'm Fred. Fred. I was shorter, but other than that, I kind of... Flarsky? Yeah! Holy no. fuck! I can't believe it! You remember her. Oh my god! Look at you! Look at me! Yes. What are you doing here? My friend, Lance. That's Lance. Hey, hey how you doing? He, uh, he just brought me here to see Boys to Men. I just met them. You met the men? Yeah. What oh. was it like? Don't tell anybody, but it was the highlight of my life. Oh, I totally get that. <laughs> and I've met the Dalai Lama. Fuck him. How many hits does he have? None. <laughs> Don't actually fuck him. He's a wonderful man. Yeah. What are you doing these days? I bet it's something amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah but it's still in its uh, gestation uh, period, I guess. So I don't need to get into it. What about you? What have you been up to? Your secretary's. I'm joking. Yeah. Now, I know what you've been up to. You're very, uh, you know, I just... I, I just want to say, it's like amazing to see what you've done with your life. A lot of people say they're going to do all this incredible stuff and they don't do anything, but you actually did it all. So, congrats. Well, I'm trying. I think you've done it. <laughs> oh! Parker Wembley. I hate this guy. Parker Wembley, the guy who buys and sells newspapers and thinks that hurricanes are caused by gay marriage. You know him? He's coming over here. Is he behind me? Yeah. Secretary Field. Parker, how are you? You are looking particularly gorgeous tonight. Thank you. I, I've been trying to set a meeting with you for mm. some months now, and uh, I mean, have you been avoiding me? No, no, not successfully. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your friend? Fred. Hey, Fred. Yes, hi. How are you? And uh, what is it that you do? I'm a journalist, actually, yeah. Oh, a journalist. Yeah. Will I have uh, read anything that you've written? Probably not recently, because I'm unemployed at the moment. Oh, I am so sorry to hear that. Not your fault. Excuse me, Secretary Field, we need a word. Oh, okay. So we will have that meeting, right? Yes. Okay, good. Fred. Yes. Best of luck. Oh, why, thanks. Things will turn around for you. So nice of you. Darkest before the dawn and all that. I actually, I do have to. Yeah, you probably have a lot of things to do better than this. It's really nice to see you again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. Great. Oh, you're backless. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> have fun at the party. You too. Great to see you. No, that's a good, that's a great scene. Yeah. Um. So 
I also love both of those scenes. My, I would say if I can't pick the hostage situation uh, scene or even like, I love the lead up to it. Like I love when they're in the club. Oh yeah. That's and really I good. love, I love when and I love like, when he, he, she asks Fred, like how many more hours do we have? And he's like, we just upped it. <laughs> like, I know. Like and I love five. the moment when he's telling her like, I know I've been playing it cool, but I really like you. And she's like, you're not playing it cool. You just followed me into the bathroom. And he's like, to talk. <laughs> um, so I love that whole like lead up to that scene too. And I love, I love, love, love the scene that even before that where she has just received the news that she's got to drop the trees and she's and charlotte's kind of at a low point and she's like i just need a moment with with fred like everybody leave the room and she's like i hate this job like i just want to get fucked up and um and i love that i love that scene where she says i want to smoke a molly with you and yeah and again, Seth Rogen plays this scene so well. He's so sweet with her. Like when he like touches her hair and he's like, that's not how you take it. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's so sweet. So I love that scene. But I also, my my actual pick is I do really like the It Must Have Been Love dance scene. I think it's really mm -hmm. cute. Yeah. I think it's something that has, it's the I like how they quite, don't quite know how to yeah. dance either. It's the yeah. type of scene that has to be done really well or it's just totally cringy. Mm -hmm. And I think that this, they nail it. Um, I love the lead up uh, when, you know, Fred is watching Charlotte dance with um, Mr. Canadian Prime Minister and they do this really polished tango and everyone's like, oh, they look so mm -hmm. good together. And Fred like sends Charlotte like a note on a napkin, you know, <laughs> the, I have a crush on you and I think I found Hitler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, she, you know, they go into the kitchen together or this closed off bar, I guess, area to... Um, to have a moment together and the bodyguard, you know, watches the door. And I love, <laughs> I love the touch of, you know, Fred putting the song on his phone and then putting the phone in a cup, you know, like the little impromptu yeah, speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how the sound for most of the dance scene, it stays diegetic. So it's that kind of like mm -hmm. tinny small sound and their dancing is so kind of awkward at first, but then they kind of get into it and it turns really sweet. And then they have a really nice kiss at the end. It's just romantic and cute. And with the wrong actors, the wrong execution, it just would have been like the hardest eye roll ever, but it like walks oh, that definitely. line of like, oh no, yeah. it's cute. <laughs> um, so that that's my pick, I think. Mm. <laughs> that's cool. I know I asked earlier, but, uh... Do you want to dance with me? It's a dope song. It's really a fucking good song. Maybe the best song ever written. Yeah. Must have been love, but it's over 
and uh and of course it's like like it like the movie has like a couple of very formal events mm-hmm. and it's like they really take their time to like develop that relationship mm-hmm. and each of them um and, and it's like you know we haven't even mentioned like uh fred like getting on the swedish um tuxedo like that's, i know that's a really good moment i know uh yeah i love it when yeah. she roasts him and he's like why yeah, do you even yeah. need a comedy writer <laughs> i need a joke writer with all your yeah. burns <laughs> jinda and Raphael is like pitching so many fastballs i love yeah. it um, yeah yeah uh leah thank you so much for being here once more uh this is so great to have you again yeah thank um, you for having yeah. me on and letting oh my me gosh, talk yeah. at length about this movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. no well, these are the oh sorry jack i, I didn't mean to yeah no I, I think also it's it's really cool to have like a pick where you can be critical of it and you're like it makes a b and c mistakes and then you're like no but then it really succeeds highly and then other areas and um yeah, no, just uh, you're welcome. Well, time. yeah, absolutely. And we also love covering these specific. It, I, I, of course, we want to cover great films and we have we've covered so many great films. And this is, and I'm not saying this is a piece of shit, but the idea of you're not going to put it like, on the level of Moonlight. <laughs> right, 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 right. But we also our biggest point of this podcast is passion, at least for myself. And so when people bring in things like this and, um, and you know, Terminator, uh, what was it? Terminator Dark Fate, where it's like these movies aren't going to be on top 30 lists, but it's mm-hmm. one of those things where people have a personal connection to them. We can highlight things. We can talk about careers. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, yeah. like these movies that people might seem think deem unforgettable, unfor- people have like personal connections to and all, or like they, they have these aspects of it that they really love and they want to talk about. And mm-hmm. I think it's like one of those also like what other podcast is going to go back and talk about long shot. Right. Um, I love this podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that, and so I always, so these are always picks that I'm always super it's movies I haven't seen, but also just movies that, you know, it's like, let's fucking look back at that. What does it mean for romantic comedies? What does it mean for Rogan and Theron's career? Like, I think these are always like important movies to uh, um, kind of go back and see how they fit in the grand scheme of things. Um, but no, this was actually, I was so super surprised at how much I actually liked it. Um, yeah. You know, politics yeah. or whatever the fuck. But it's this was really, this was super enjoyable. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really glad you brought it. And of course, you are you can come back on any at yeah. any time, anytime. Yeah. And I think that we always bring up blockers and game night as the 20 as the two 2018 co- studio have we not done blockers that, yet no which is wow, strange but that. i know saffron would like to but i know like we hold up those two as like the pillars of what studio economies will always miss and what they like finally succeed to be um and i know people will put this up there with those two and i don't know if it's quite that tier but it's not a failure Right. And for as many studio comedies are failures in the decade, um, like I know Mitchell will will speak highly of Hot Tub too. Uh, no, <laughs> but um as as we can see what does and doesn't work, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to go back to this one and uh sort of like and especially with how like quickly people like looked past it. But yeah, uh for anything that you have coming soon or uh podcasts that are coming or like things that you're working on like please 
Yeah. Hi, you can find me on Twitter at the Mingtacular. Um, I'm also a staff writer for ScreenSpec, so you can find my writing there. I do reviews and features and whatnot there. Um, and then I have currently three podcasts. If you enjoy the dulcet tones of my voice, um, I have <laughs> I have Oscars podcast, which is a podcast where we go through the filmography of Oscar Isaac. Um, Jack and Clay have been on Oscars podcast before, um, and they will be on again soon. Uh, so definitely check that out. And um, if you like the guests that you've heard on Exiting, you may find some Yes, yes, we've podcast. got some good, yeah, <laughs> some good yeah. crossover. Yeah. Um, and I also have I co-host a podcast called Fang Club, which is about 21st century vampire films. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit different for this summer. We're going to turn Fang Club into a What We Do in the Shadows recap podcast. In oh, cool. oh, isn't that smart? Yeah, so yeah. we'll be doing something a little bit different with that. Um, normally Gotta watch we, that show. Yeah, normally mm. we cover one film per episode. Um, so we're changing it up a little bit. And then uh, I'm just finishing up the first season of a podcast called Friends for Dinner, which is a Hannibal recap podcast. So mm -hmm. my friend and co-host on Fan Club, we did we have been recapping the first season of NBC's Hannibal on the occasion of the show's 10th anniversary. So we're almost done with season one there. Um, and that's been really fun as well. Mm -hmm. So too many podcasts. That's yeah, I was gonna say, how do you have time to eat or sleep? I know. Clay has hardly time for this one. I've been taking a break on Oscar's podcast, so we're about yes. to ramp back up on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you just yeah. need like certain hiatuses to line up to where you yeah, exactly. hone in on another and you're like, okay, like yeah, which one yeah. of my kids can I devote time to? <laughs> um no, but I mean, like, hey, listen, I I mean I've always like I don't know how we'd quite do it, but I mean, like, I know sometime in the future we've always wanted to start covering television in the decade. And mm -hmm. it's like, once we do, I feel like you'd be perfect for Hannibal because I know you started that pod. But, oh, don't tease um, me. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a bigger conversation. But I know. a lot of episodes, Jack. You I mean, got not my a number. lot, but like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Listen, I, I just I'm just. Guys, I'm rambling. I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper and also on Letterboxd. Um, uh, this movie is available on Max. Oh, and... I hate the way that sounds. <laughs> oh. I hate it. Oh. It's like a knife in my I've, ear. I've said it aloud a few times and it's like, oh, oh that's it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find my writing on The Boston Hassle. Um as well as our episode on Dunkirk coming soon after this one with Ricky Calamari from the Bills. Oh, I forgot about that. Oppenheimer, when is, is that in a month? Five weeks, something like that. Yeah, wow. end of July. Soon, yeah. Alien, my my love, my lovely. Yeah. I you're, I can't wait to see it. Oh my god, have you seen that you're, baseball you're... player who looks? Yes, like I literally movie? sent it. Yeah. I sent it to the, uh, our group chat. I was blown away. It blew my mind. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Sorry, side note. Yeah. Why can't basketball players? I mean, I you know, unfortunately, there's no basketball player that looks like a celebrity. So this is it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's your closest um, you can do. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs>
Everyone follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. Follow me on Instagram, Mr. Clay Williams. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Send us or you know rate us uh, five stars on your podcast platform you listen on to. That would be greatly appreciated. Recommend us to friends. Retweet. Run to a person in the middle of the street. Uh, so if you're ever on Molly, just like you know, <laughs> absolutely, like, just vibe, vibe, yeah. and shout yeah. exiting through the 2010s. Give and then exiting an Oscar's podcast a quick shout, like right, and and maybe this negotiate a hostage crisis while literally high, and also uh, spat out some inconceivable, like it, you know, just completely incomprehensible centrist politics. I think that'll also work out. <laughs> Be friends um, with the Republican. <laughs> absolutely, okay. do that. Yes. Everyone yes. wants to do that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and as always, and as always, guys, stay safe, be good to yourselves, and catch you next time on exiting through the 2010s. Clay, I'm a Republican. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Running through the middle of my head, only you cool my desire.